Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Getting a new vehicle can be stressful, but not at Lake Elsinore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. That's where surfers go inland to purchase their new and used vehicles. Otis Mineral Glass Eyewear. Born on the rugged, surf-rich coast of Western Australia, they create sunglasses that look good, last the distance, and complement an eclectic lifestyle. Mineral Glass Lenses, environmentally friendly, scratch resistant, with perfect clarity. Otis Eco Acetate is made from resources widely found in nature like cotton seeds and plant matter using natural non-fossil fuel binders. That means the acetate part of our frames is non-toxic, recyclable, and certified biodegradable. Otis Glasses is beautiful. Late Night with Chalky is supported by Inherent Bummer. Surf entertainment, thoughtful writing, surf videos, music, and fresh hell for the core surf community. Remember, it's not the end of the world. Subscribe and check it all out at inherentbummer.com. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Neon Wave. Neon Wave is an internationally local shop, a concierge to the modern nomad. They bring together carefully chosen surf, fashion, art, and snowboarding gear with a curatorial eye that's drawn to the best of the best, technicality, creativity, and sustainability. Their team is born from nature, raised by the wave, and nurtured by the culture they support. This is Neon Wave. We look forward to moving forward. Check them out at thisisneonwave.com. Surfa CBD, grown by surfers for surfers to help you maintenance your body after a lifetime of surfing. Follow us on Instagram at Surfa. S-E-R-F-A-C-B-D. WaveKey is the world's most comprehensive land-based sensory surf discipline. The brainchild of former number one surfer Brad Gerlach, WaveKey's martial art-like focus on slow, precise, land-based movements embed powerful surfing patterns and fundamental technique for surfers of all levels. WaveKey is a land-based program allowing you to achieve a heightened focus on the movements as you practice. The effects of this are amplified when the practice begins to subliminally emerge in your surfing. It takes time for this to happen, but when it does, your surfing improves dramatically. Brad Gerlach is front and center in all aspects of the unique WaveKey course, presenting recorded videos, live session videos, Q's and A's and insightful expert notes. Nuggets of gold that you simply won't find anywhere else. Wave key for the love of surfing. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Our guest this week is a van enthusiast. He's created three successful companies at the age of 18. What? Three? Three, yeah. I thought we only had one. No. His van conversion company, Van Speed, uses high-end materials while combining luxury, comfort, and giving you custom-tailored outfitted options. You'll be blown away on the details that go into every build. 
There's a huge market and demand for Sprinter custom builds right now. How many Sprinters are in my driveway right now? We got three out there, back to back. (laughs) And Dan Speed's sole purpose is to help you create a life of freedom in your driveway and on the highway. We welcome the wildly creative and sharp-witted young owner of this awesome company, Duran Duran, Durag, Morley. Right? Morley? Yeah. All right. Wow. Yeah. So we were just saying that Duran Duran (laughs) might be the youngest entrepreneur we've ever had on the show and maybe I've ever met. I don't know if we've, I know we talked about the senior guys, but this dude's only 21 years old. Yeah. And he's, he just started building custom vans and has his own company. (laughs) Yeah. Congratulations. You're killing it. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to the, thank you for having me. So let's start at the beginning. Yeah. And why we're all here. How and when did you find surfing? Growing up in Orange County, that was kind of like the number one thing. Yeah. It was really, you know, it's a Southern California lifestyle. You surf, you skate, you ride motorcycles, you snowboard during the winter, yeah. you just hang out. Yeah. Always outdoors. Um, I never really grew up playing video games or stuff like that. So, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You hear that, kids? <laughs> yeah. Get your mind working on other things. Um. I'd say in the summers, we did junior guards. Yep. Awesome. So parents would drop us off in the morning and wouldn't pick us up to sunset. Yeah. So you kind of had to figure out something to do. Yeah. But uh, we just always grew up in at the beach or riding motorcycles or skating or doing something outdoors. So yeah. surfing yeah. was like the number one thing because it was hot out. You want to get in the water. And, you know, we grew up playing water polo. And, you know, water sports is a big part of our life. Yeah. yeah. So between me and my two other brothers, um, surfing is always... You know, go to thing. And what town did you you grew up in? Here. I went to Beach. Huntington. Yeah. You HB. went to Edison. I went to right? Edison. Yeah, a couple years, and then um, finished up on homeschool. Yeah. Um, just to pursue some of my passions. Yeah. Sweet. Good for you. So go back to surfing. When did? You, how old are you? Um. By actually, the way, sorry to interrupt, but the junior guard program is amazing. Yeah. Like I wish I was grew up in Huntington and went through that program. Yeah, you might you might have, you know, got a little stronger in swimming, a yeah. little bit more confidence to go surf a little bit, you bigger know. Bigger waves, yeah. Bigger than yeah. You know, Thanks for bringing that up, Jay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is. Uh, talking about yeah, all all of our kids went through the program and I mean, if you live at the beach, it's just like I mean, swimming safety should just be like reading Second and riding nature. a bike and and you know, everything else like, oh, yeah. you know, and the, the the ocean program with the junior lifeguards is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how old were you when you, so, I mean, like when I was young, I was, you know, I was riding pretty much a bike before I could really walk good. <laughs> um, and the surfing as well. Cause you know, it was more convenient to ride motorcycles and stuff, um, than surfing. But, um, as far as surfing goes, like just like any young kids, probably like, you know, four years old, I remember, but it wow. was always in the water, yeah, always in the water. You know, you? It's, it starts from going to a little tiny whitewash and somebody dragging around with a string to yeah, yeah. going a little bit bigger. Little, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't really date it back, but just from as long as I can remember. Yeah. It was always your parent, in the water. your dad surf or your brothers? You know, my brother surfed and that was always the biggest thing is that they would always go out surfing. I have two older brothers. So I always want to tag along. Yeah. yeah. So what they're at, I would try to kind of compete with, Yeah. which they're three, four years older. So it was always a little tough for me, you know, yeah. but I try to make it happen. Awesome. So did you boogie board first or did you go straight into surfing? Um, a little bit of both. Yeah. They kind of got to a point where it was just like, 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast. Surfing is a lot more challenging and fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, Do you remember your first surfboard? or First surfboard was probably like a 9-2, like foamy. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, in junior guards, you just ride all sorts of boards. Yeah. All, you know, different types and styles and lengths. But um, it was all over the place. Yeah. And for me, it wasn't so much at that age, it wasn't particularly the board. It was just to be in the water, and that's what I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, just growing up and being in the ocean and enjoying it. Nice. Um, your brothers surfed and skateboarded too? We all. All skateboarded, surfed, um, motorcycles, just action sports. Southern California lifestyle. Yeah. That's yeah. the best way to put it. Yeah. Depending um, on the weather and the swell and what's you know the plan for the day. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're lucky. Like You're lucky your, your parents were like stoked on getting it out in the... Because uh, it's expensive. Surfing, skateboarding. And we do it the cheapest way possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if it was a matter of like driving around on a Saturday and going to garage sales and finding like a little foamy or just seeing somebody throwing it out on the side of the road, then it was like, that was like the golden day and that was a board that was going to last us that whole season. So yeah. um, we may do with what we had, but it was probably the best times. Yeah. Um, there's nothing worse than getting a brand new board and dinging it and feeling a little, you know, hit to the chest. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. I, I said I, I grew up here in Huntington. I went to Huntington High, and yeah, I mean it was like your just your days in the summer. You're just spent going to the beach. You know, it was loose. You know, as far as like parent supervision. You know, so it was like, hey, go to the beach. I mean, there was it was kind of an inexpensive way to spend your day. But yeah. there, like you, the water was like, I just want to be at the beach. Yeah, you know, all day. And if not, if it's blowing out, then yeah, we go play basketball or go skateboard or go do something. You yeah, know? yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, we're fortunate to grow up. I mean, that's why we paid a big bucks to live here in Southern California. <laughs> you grew up right around here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like off I, of the... Uh... I kind of grew up in like the Fountain Valley Hunter Beach border. Okay. But, I mean, pretty much I could say yeah. 90% of my life was lived down at the beach. You yeah. know, it was always at the beach yeah. um, doing something. Did you ever get into surf competition or... Never got into that. Um, I just never really got into the competition part of it. Yeah. It was more just for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, just kind of wherever, like, you know, one thing we do every year for Mother's Day, we go camp Bolsa Chica. That was probably, like, my favorite memory. And kind of looking back, and it was kind of funny because camping, like, a mile away, two miles away. Yeah. But it was, like, a Mother's Day thing. we cook omelets and stuff, and we go surfing every morning. It was yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, the closest camping you could ever do, so it didn't make sense looking back at it, but... It staycation, was, It was bro. fun. It was fun. <laughs> That's yeah. the original staycation yeah. right there. So, um, we'd bring out, you know, all the boards we had, and uh, we just, you know, for three four days we just surf all day long yeah 
Bolsa is a great place to hang out and surf and yeah. waves aren't the best but you know it's definitely great for camping no but when you're nine ten years old and you just want to get out you know yeah. it's, it is what it is but you're having a blast no matter what so. yeah so you, you you rode motorcycles early and was that competitive or are you just for fun too um i raced a bit and then also got hurt a bit and um for me, I would try to ride as much, you know, that was like my big passion as well was motorcycle racing and yeah, working yeah. on bikes and building bikes. I actually got more into the working aspect on bikes was um, when a bike would break and, you know. You'd fix it. I'd have to fix it because I didn't have the choice. <laughs> and your brothers did that too? Um, kind of. They were always like a few years older, so they kind of stuck with more local stuff. Um, not as much motorcycling, but I also grew up with a big passion for motorcycles. Yeah. So for me, it was always fun to uh, go to like our local like, middle school and have my little PW50 and we go ride around the parking lot yeah. until you get to a certain age where it's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be able to do this. <laughs> so yeah. did you, you, you raced competitively? Yeah, I did for a while. Um, a lot more track and desert. Yeah. But did it for a while and got hurt as well and kind of went back and forth. Kind of hand in hand. If somebody's yeah. like, yeah, I motorcycle, but... Yeah. How do you not yeah. get hurt? Yeah. No, that's the thing. Um, <laughs> it's really a race till you get hurt. But um, motorcycling was definitely the most expensive. Yeah. You know, it gets very, very pricey, very quick, and it's a lot of time as well. Yeah. But I grew up with a lot of friends that, you know, actually took it a step further and actually made more of a career out of it. Wow. So I actually have a couple of friends down in um, Baja right now racing a thousand. Sick. So, all the way down from Ensenada to La Paz, so Cabo yeah. area. Yeah. Um, do you know who Justin Mulford is? He heard of him. Yeah, he's he's a Huntington Beach yeah, yeah. Uh, local too. He was like a, a super grand, yeah, phenom, and then yeah. he just injuries and just got burnout, and then yeah, took ten years off, eight to ten years off, and then that now he's like back on. Yeah, yeah, but it's he hard. does like skateboarding on a motorcycle, skateboard tricks and features. And, yeah. yeah. Like no, he, definitely. Once it's once you're into it, it's like a part of your blood. You really can't exit it. You know, yeah. it's it's super fun and it's addicting. Yeah, for sure. Um, skateboarding, same thing. Just like skateboarding, um, just kind of like after school thing. It was something yeah. that's easy that doesn't matter the time of day or if it was windy or hot out or cold yeah. or whatever it is. It was always something to do. Um, but not as much. Yeah. But, but just part of the it. part of the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah snowboarding yeah. in the winter when it was the snow was good. Yeah. Um, we'd go up there. But um yeah, I mean anything you could really imagine in Southern California, like the true action sports, we did it. Yeah. Did you ever go on surf trips? We do surf trips, not not anything um too far, but me growing up, like Mexico is a big part of my yeah. upbringing. Yeah. So um Mexico was super fun and we'd always go down there for the races or to go surf or to hang out or have like a little vacation there. Yeah. That was always like the place to go. It was super cheap yeah. and it was close and it was like, yeah, everything what it, was great. Cheap what is, tacos, everything. What, yeah. Right. We love the tacos yeah. and the, well, now you could drink the beers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, what, what did your, uh, what does your dad do? Or like, you know, how did you get involved with like building motorcycles? Just um, any help or my dad's actually in complete different market he's more into like motorsports marketing okay. so wasn't necessarily um, anybody in my family really about the motorcycle yeah. or building or just know, building just, things in general how I actually it. got into it was the only way I could really get my bike repaired is if I had good grades and for me I was never really a school person I was always hands on building things yeah. um, if it was anything from RC cars to like mopeds or different stuff like that so one day I was like okay well I'm just going to fix it myself 
and that was a whole YouTube, you know, series coming out. And, yeah. You know, things really, you know, type anything in YouTube and you learn how to and that master cool? it. We didn't have that. Five minutes, you know. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of learned how to fix it. And Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit from your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn cash win payouts. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team's going to increase in value, you can buy low and then sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Did a terrible job, but yeah. then learned how to make it a little better and better, and eventually I was like, I don't need good grades. I can learn how to fix it myself, you know? So yeah. that was a cool thing for me, um, which obviously my parents, you know, wasn't their goal with it. But, um, yeah, and that kind of is like, oh, it's pretty cool to actually be able to fix your own thing instead of drop it off a dealership and spend a wait. couple hundred bucks and wait, yeah. you know, four weeks, whatever, to get it fixed. It's um, a gratifying, satisfying thing to be able to fix something yourself. It is. Yeah. Um, and fix it over and over and over. And to realize what the problem is when you're out and about and um, to have that little small thing you could change and yeah how old were you when you started uh, that I had it been like 10 11 what? I was young Dang. I was really young because I was um you're like dad I need a new tool set these aren't the tools I need to fix this bike well luckily you had all the tools there um so I was like yeah perfect you know I had everything I need and really when you're working on the new the new parts of it, you really don't need many tools. You can kind of make do with what you have. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that kind of escalated into um, when Alibaba kind of like first started to get big and they had the motors that you put on a beach cruiser. Mm. The, 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 you're the, talking the, the, the website? Exactly, the website. Okay. Um, so from put China, right? From China. Okay. The so, $250 kit or $200 kit. So it used to be like 43 bucks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, and it just used to include like a motor and like a little gear set and a chain, a couple of things. And then um, I kind of took my knowledge from the motorcycles, the RC cars and stuff and got this kit. I was like, I'm going to build myself a little like electric motorcycle, you know, but on a beast cruiser. So yeah. nobody could say anything. Um, How funny. And then I, I got that and I was like, how am I supposed to build this thing? No instructions. Everything's all wrong. So I kind of like took parts off my motorcycle to make it work, throttles and brakes and things like that to like yeah. jimmy rig it together and make it work and it worked. But I was like, oh, it's like sweet. And so what we do every weekend um, or even days after school too is that you were in high school or junior high? No, this is junior high. Jeez. So looking back at it, I'm in like sixth or seventh grade on a little, you know, motorcycle, yeah. beach cruiser that goes like 35 miles per hour. Hauling ass on the street, no helmet, nothing, you know. So it was cool. You, yeah, you got to transfer some like disc brakes or something on that because how do you no, stop with the traditional? Oh, no, we had a traditional oh brake on there. Oh my gosh! So even worse, what we do? I mean, worse. It was fun at the time, but looking back at, it, I'm like, wow, what I do? But we would attach like a 20 foot rope from Home Depot, and like I don't know, maybe like six or eight kids would be towing behind on skateboards yeah and we just go as fast as we can until somebody would fall <laughs> you know get the speed bobbles or hit like a little pebble at sixth and seventh grade yeah <laughs> so that's what you did yeah you wiped out yeah well i never i mean yeah we actually always wiped out but um yeah people got some some pretty good stories from that one some yeah. good raspberries yeah really good ones um yeah there's always what was it yorktown and ward <laughs> there's never any cops there. There's never anybody there. Yeah. yeah. So we'd cruise those streets all the time. But I never got pulled over. Yeah. Never got hassled for not wearing a helmet. 
Um, did you build a bunch of bikes? So that's what I ended up doing. Is that yeah? Friends you know, were like, I want one. Yeah, I exactly. want one. Christmas I want. came around. It was like, dude, I want one. Yeah. You know, mm. you know, everybody wanted one. So, so was this your first kind of business venture? Almost? I guess so. Yeah. Um, and at that time, it wasn't a business venture in the mindset of like, let me make money off of this. No, just I want to go with my oh, friends, dude, and we could all if we all had bikes. Yeah, yeah. we could all like cruise around. Because there's nothing worse than you know. Um, you have you know ten people with us, and we always cruised around the neighborhoods with you know groups of people. I was yeah, like, you're bossy. Yeah, so uh, there's nothing worse than having to wait to people. Yeah, you know, wait for people to come catch up, or you know people are tired, they want to go the extra distance, whatever it is. So everybody started to get them, and then I kind of sent things back to China. I was like, hey, can you guys like include this in the kit, like something similar? No way. And so they started like revamping it, making it a little better, and adding part parts and pieces. And so wait, you started communicating with your the vendor supplier. i'm on alibaba and i'm lying that i'm you know bob bill from california 37 years old you know <laughs> but it worked um so that was always a cool thing uh just to kind of like because you figured they could probably do it better than you know if it like you're they're they're sending you a, a kit yeah you're like hey like well for me improving what they're yeah well producing. For, for me it was like okay well a throttle here is you know like Two hundred dollars, whatever, and I couldn't afford that. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, they could probably make this kit, and I could probably just get it all together. And, and now, who, who, did you come up with that on your own to like address that? Like, a, oh yeah, no, yeah. they would sell these like, kits. No one said, like, hey, you should tell them, you know, what you need. Yeah, no, that's the thing is that like it was like a do-yourself kit, and this is where later on I'll kind of get into the whole do-yourself aspect of what we do now, but um. This is a do-yourself kit that gave you like the basics of it. And yeah. It's up to you to decide like what you want to do with it. Mm. Um, and of course, they don't really tell you that. Yeah. It's more like here's a ready-to-go kit, and then you get it, and it's all wrong. Yeah. And it's like, dude, what do I do here? Um, but then again, that was like my um, that was like my lemonade stand money, you know. So yeah. like I had to, you know, make that work, or I'm not gonna be able to do anything with it. Like that was a waste of money. So. Um, yeah, just sent back stuff there and got better pieces back and better and better. And were they whole, tripping like and because it's a Chinese company, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, you know, little do I know. But um, I think the biggest thing was is every single sample I sent back, I was uh, you know claiming I'm going to buy all these kits, you know, so I need a sample so they yeah. get to it really quick. Yeah, and uh, eventually they sent a good enough kit back. I said, okay, well, I have a few friends that want these, and I got everything things together. We went down to Walmart. We got some bikes for, you know, I think it was like, I think it was during this time, you know, a handful of years ago. So, like, Black Friday, they are just giving out the bikes. Yeah. So, we picked up bikes for, like, 65 bucks or something. Somebody got, like, a mountain bike, and then beach cruisers and stuff all over the place. And then we got these kits in. And um, How many kits did you get? I think the first run, we did, like four bikes yeah and then and what was it what was the price was it you know first first so purchase time, was like 40 something and yeah then, that time yeah, ended up being like maybe like 80 bucks a kid so not too bad no not too yeah. bad um 80 bucks throw a bike and bikes about 100 bucks so like under 200 bucks you had like a fully functional little motorcycle and this is like a little one liter like two-stroke tank with like gas oil what is it like? yeah so a little two-stroke motor um with like a little clutch that didn't really work that well. Yeah. It was more of like a, uh, you'd hold in the clutch and it would rev crazy and a little tiny carburetor with air filter on there. Um, <laughs> then they had these like, 
things you bolt together on your um, spokes. Yeah. So your spokes had like all the pressure of the sprocket. So it was like really janky kit that wouldn't last at all. Yeah. But to get us through a few summers was perfect. Yeah. Um, so you're, it you're kind of all the kids are tuning at their dad's lawnmower. You know, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> hey, I can't mow my lawn this week and where's all my, my casco? No, that, that was missing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's pieces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or people would just put regular gas in there and they burn up. Um, yeah. It was, uh, it was an interesting, yeah. interesting time. But it was cool to like hop on a bike and go to 7-Eleven. Yeah. And you pull up in front of 7-Eleven and you hear like this little like, pop, 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 like, you know, a little... <laughs> little crappy little um two-stroke motor but it got us around yeah yeah and, and like just to like fast forward to today with like the the craze of electric bikes you know there's a there's haters out there like oh you know electric bikes this or that you know just because they're not in tune with the new but if you look around at how many more people are i i feel like more people are out on bikes mm-hmm. you know getting outdoors and like so what they're maybe not huffing and pedaling like you know like they used to have to yeah but that maybe gives them more run yeah Go, just going to 7-eleven is more fun going yeah. down to the park's more fun riding down the, it's like it just makes it more fun yeah oh yeah no doubt that's that sounds like you know that was your kind of idea mm-hmm. of like cruising around the, 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 with the the posse rolling so, 7-eleven getting your slurpees did you make money building those first bikes or were you just um holding? i'd say the money i made was very minimal yeah it was more like the joy of it. Yeah. I was like, oh, these, these are sweet, you know, yeah. but I made enough money to like eventually, um, get something a little more classic, which is like a moped, you know, something like the seventies. Yeah. So, um, at that time, the which pedal mopeds were so exactly. Sick. So it was similar. It was just something I was like different. Yeah. You know, the beach cruisers were cool. They were just like a, a little janky, you know, like a lot of times they'd break and things would happen. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't much more you could do with them. So then I got into mopeds, which was um, a whole nother thing, which is very similar and not as many people bought them because they're more expensive. You know, you're talking about like 600 bucks, 400 bucks at the time. Um, And they're they're not plentiful, right? No. Mopeds are harder to find. Exactly. They're a lot harder to find. Parts are more expensive. But for me, it was like the look. Like this thing looks rad. You know, it's a little classic. um, Yeah, cool lines. It's almost like the women's like... um, didn't have like the crossbar, yeah, yeah, sissy bar, and and just cool. And seats. it felt like more like a motorcycle. Yeah. And that was like my number one goal is to like, like how can I ride a motorcycle on the street but not get pulled over? Yeah. Um, and what was it? Was there an age for mopeds? I mean, I would think you have to be fifteen. There right? probably was. Yeah, but but at yeah. the time it was like I mean I'm sure when we were like eleven years old, ten years old, yeah. riding around these you know beach cruisers that went 30, <laughs> 35 miles an hour, like they weren't slow but they weren't fast. You know, but they're fast enough. Fast, <laughs> yeah. When you're on it, 35 miles an hour feels really fast. Yeah. <laughs> when you see the front tires start to go left to right really quick, and <laughs> all of a sudden you just hear like things kind of fall on the ground. Um, it was fast. Yeah. But when you get, you know, six kids behind you on skateboards going down like a main street, and everybody's just like, "What's going on over yeah. here?" Yeah. It's uh, it was something that would have attracted the police, but um, we never got in trouble. Yeah. So as long as you're not doing stupid stuff, and you're just kind of like. Sliding under the radar. What did you do with the moped? Because mopeds already got an engine on it. Yeah, and that's the thing is that it wasn't anything like super creative. It was more just like the look. Like I wanted something like looked classic. Yeah. So I did mopeds for a while, and um, what did you do to like changing fenders or paint? No, no. So we'd buy them, and I would just um, me and a couple of my buddies we'd buy them and uh, just like stuff that's been sent to people's backyard, like our typical Craigslist things. Like yeah, 
you know, my uh, dad used to have this, and he's now moved out of the state, and this thing's been sitting here for 20 years. I used to get rid of it. A lot of times, people get rid of them for like 20 bucks, 30 what? bucks, 40 bucks. Like, totally beat up, but for us, it was like fun. Yeah. This goes back to that whole like satisfaction and like yeah. um, thing of, wow, like I built this, I completed it, yeah. I fixed it. Now, this one thing that sat in somebody's backyard for 20, 30 years, all rusted and destroyed, now is like going 35 miles an hour down yeah. the road. So but, you would just restore them. Exactly. Restore okay. them, fix them. But at the end of the day, I was like, well, it's still going the same speed. Like, how can I make it like a little faster? Yeah. And um, I was part of this forum online. Um, it's called Moped Army. <laughs> kind so of on the web. Huh? I was like, I know. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> find it. How can I figure out how to get this thing faster? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, so I went on there and uh, ultimately just like just learned more about the technology of motorcycles. Yeah. And that's where like I kind of found my love for like motors and cars and motorcycles and just. I guess engineering. Yeah. Um, everybody on there is, you know, 30, 40, 50 retired. So they have like a lot of time to like, you know, mess around different specs and things like that. And I'm over here. And I think at this time I was maybe like 13, you know, Holy yeah. crap. Um, did, your, did your parents ever question or like all the time? I mean, my biggest like... thing. And to this day, <laughs> my favorite thing my mom says is like, yeah, when Duran was like, you know, 12 years old, he'd have me taking him to like, Inland Empire or go pick like, up parts or a bike. Yeah, go pick up a bike and um we went to Yosemite one time. Yeah. It was like a family trip. And this is like a thing between me and my brothers, my mom. My mom's super into camping. So we went into Yosemite. On the way to Yosemite that at this time my mom had a Prius. So we went to Yosemite and I found like a super cheap bike online. And it was actually two of them. Oh my god. So we went there on the way we picked them up. I like begged my mom to pick them up. How so, was it? Where are you going to put them? We had the back seats down. <laughs> we shoved one in there. And then uh, the other one, I took off the wheels, took off the forks, like at this person's front yard. Just to get it in. <laughs> Just to get it in. We squeezed it in. And um, were so. you, did you buy the bikes to motorize them? No, no. So these were mopeds. Oh, okay. These were mopeds. Yeah. So uh, this is one of those deals that this lady. You know, it was like her ex-boyfriends. I don't know, some crazy story. There's always an interesting story to yeah. some Craigslist find, you know. Just get them out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and they say that and they go on this whole, like, other, you know, branching of, like, how they got there and why their boyfriend. Yeah. Da, 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 you know, yeah. it's like a whole story you kind of get into. This is why we broke up. Yeah. And then <laughs> it's like two hours people. later, you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> these are bad memories. Yeah. <laughs> Been waiting for somebody to take these eyesores. So were they, were they running or were they like no? no. They weren't running. Um, didn't have anything for them. Didn't have any titles. Who knows? They could have been stolen. Somebody could have been looking for them. I don't know. But yeah. I want to say at that time, I paid what? like two hundred dollars for both of them. Wow. And then like had like the original like receipt and title or not title um uh, like handbook yeah. and that stuff. So what brand was it? Those were derbies. Derbies? Derbies, yeah. So it was like a brand that was imported from, I think it was um, France. Mm. They switched a couple of times to France. And this is actually an interesting one, but they're actually imported to Catalina. Because at, at the time, Catalina, you couldn't have all the cars and golf carts and stuff. Yeah. So they had mopeds. Oh, interesting, right? Yeah. Like, so Catalina, there's all over Catalina. Nobody yeah. knows. And so they've actually worked their way more to here. And they're also imported to California too, but no other states how funny yeah so derby's a brand that was imported or exported to catalina 
in some parts of California. Exactly. What a trip. Yeah. So nowadays, like, you go to Catalina, and you'll see them, like, super rare mopeds. Yeah. And, like, under tarps, and, like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, they've become less and less over the years, because there's a lot of people know about it now. Yeah. But um, at the time, it was, it was an interesting thing to yeah. find out. Did, so. you, did you have a preference of mopeds? Because I know there was Peugeot. There's Peugeot. There's Pook. There's uh, Gorelli, um, Derby, um, Saks. Um, Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room is a free audio-only social media platform for all sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join any league or group you want. And follow us at Late Night with Chalky to be notified when our room goes live. Spotify Green Room. Like there's like the Hondas. There's a couple other ones too. But yeah. at the time, I didn't really care. Yeah. It was like, what's cheap? What you know? What can I afford? So you did this quite a bit. Like I did it all the time. And that's just kind of the, like you said, not not sit there and be like, oh, I'm making a bunch of money, but just to 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 keep the habit, like being yeah, able to it, afford. It was funding the habit. That's like, what it was. Yeah, get the next one. Hey, I got enough money now. I could go get another set of bikes or a bike or exactly. And that just that was like constant for years, you know. Yeah. Okay, it's cool. What's next? What's next? And I'm um, sure your parents are like, dude. Well, it's and your you own money. This is yeah, yeah exactly. You're, you're, you're flipping them, like you're. Fixing I flip them, them yeah. and um, you know everything I had into it plus like a little extra. Nothing worth my time, but. But you your know, time I was is your is your, so yeah, your education. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing is, for me, I learned so much during that time, um, just the fact of working with my hands and you know. Um, Really, nobody else in my family had that. Yeah. So for me, it was like very rewarding, you know. That's why I asked what your dad does because a lot of it, you know, comes, you know, yeah. it comes through your, you know, parents. your parents and DNA, you know, yeah. like you have a knack for certain abilities based on, you know, yeah, what's it been sounds God, like gift, you just, God gifted you. Yeah. You just came up with your own deal. Exactly. And yeah. I guess um, my dad was more into building stuff and making things. Yeah. I never got to meet him. Um, you never got to meet your dad? No, no, sorry, my dad's dad. Oh. Sorry, my grandpa. <laughs> no, um, so I guess the whole kind of running joke is that sometimes things skip a generation. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that could have been the thing that skipped. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just enjoyed it. And it was, yeah. for me, it was like my escape. It was yeah. like my escape to work with my hands and, you know, just like surfing is my escape. Yeah. Um, snowboarding. Yeah. Um, riding motorcycles and building stuff is also yeah. another escape. So, um what kind of surfboard do you ride? Talk about surfing for a second. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. Um, I kind of bounce back and forth. My favorite right now is probably, I'd say my 5.9 Twin Fins, a glass in. Yeah. Um, it's just fun because it, it's so smooth and so mellow, but Who's your easy to ride. Though, um, it was done by Forrest Mitchington. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. um, that oh, was like Deus. A used, yeah. yeah. So that was like a used one I got off him, I don't know, a few years back. Yeah. Um, it was before I was going to Mexico for a trip, and um, I was like, I need kind of like a beater board. And that was basically one of the two boards I brought. But um, I got stuck on twin fins for so long. It did. That. Yeah, I told like four them. Four years, yeah. that's all I rode. I'm all, you're, I know. you're blowing, you know, again, there's, there's days where that's the board you want, mm -hmm. and then there's yeah. days where I'm watching him just slide out and get pitched, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that is or just pass up for a set. I'm like, you can't even, like, 
hit the yeah. lip. You're just going down and doing a cutback at the end of the wave. I know. <laughs> I get, get off real yeah. board. And he was, because it, it was paddled so easy. And it's it a is, fun it's board. Like, it's easy. Great. Yeah, it's not too thick, um, but it's thick enough. You can paddle yeah. super easy on it. It's super easy to get into waves. Um, just very universal. Yeah. You know, and you can kind of go into anything. Effortless. That's a word I always like to say. Exactly. You know, because you can just it get up and it's already fast. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's got its own And it's speed. got the flow, but you, you can't. It, it only works with head high and under. And slopey waves. And Not, slopey you can't waves. take it yeah. to Newport yeah. and think oh. you're going to. No. <laughs> Unless you're Asher Pacey. True. From Step 4. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you get to see that movie yet? I have not. Oh, bro. I think it's online now, right? It's phenomenal. It is? Yeah. yeah. I think they it's for, they put it on YouTube for free. So oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Snap. Such a good movie. Yeah. Creative rippers all over, you know, doing everything. Big barrels to high performance to crazy air. I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I know. So pretty much that's kind of like my go-to board right now. Nice. So. And you snowboard. I snowboard. Um, this seasonal. Dude snowboards a lot. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I, it's um, it's very rewarding because it's not all the time. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you gotta get it while you know the season's mm-hmm. there. You know, and you kind of thirst for it sometimes in the summer and then you're like but i like summer i like the yeah. beach days you know like you don't want to trade one for the other you wish you could you know it's not like that you know it's like oh it's winter like mm-hmm. go snowboard yeah he he you went last year you had fun i right? went last year yeah for like it had been like yeah. 10 years yeah but we had a blast because the, the kids wanted to go mm-hmm. you know try it so yeah we went and it's like surfing had, had a blast. Out, man. It is. It's a big workout. Yeah. Yeah. Huge workout. Especially but. when you don't know how to do it. You know, <laughs> yeah. the falling down, the getting back up. Yeah. It's it's excruciating. Yeah. Any uh, cool surf trips you've been on? Like where you've been um, to like besides Mex? You know, Mex is probably my go to spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Hawaii or like you know, I've been to Hawaii. Like Hawaii's cool. Um went to um Oahu there. It's good. It's pretty packed. Yeah. Um, and that's my favorite thing about Mexico is that there's nobody there. There's yeah. cheap food. Yeah. Um, good culture. And um, there's so many spots. Yeah. So many so spots. So we went to um, we went to shipwrecks back in um, August. We went to Cabo. Went to shipwrecks. Nice. Um, I love Nine monuments and things like that. Monuments. And we went to Cerritos. Cerritos, like, yeah. it was a little windy out that day, but... Um, super hot yeah know? but it was nice because nobody's out there because yeah. it was so hot but it's crazy how built up cerritos is it is so i, I went, went there, there maybe i don't know four years ago with a friend and there's kind of like nothing there yeah. you know there's a couple there's i think one american that moved from um texas that had a bar there a few other people that had houses and stuff and um now there's full-blown hotels there's it's resorts crazy. being built yeah um, that little hotel in the cliff right there that kind of looks like the Hotel California. Yeah. Um, went out of business. So the we, plates now, instead of serving on like a little plastic sheet, now they actually have plates. Yeah. So yeah. Things have changed. Yeah, upgrades. <laughs> yeah. Build it, they will come. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I, um, when I worked at Huntington Surf and Sport, we used to go at the end of summer, like Aaron Pye would reward us, some of the guys that worked for him, and take us all down there and dude we we get so lucky with south swells yeah and uh, los cerritos before anything was even on the beach it was just like a dirt road you know and no no house on top of the hill just like this weird weird like shanty and that was it and dudes would uh, drink beers and, and fish off the the shanty 
but man, it was so freaking good and hardly anybody out. Yeah, know? so you went way before me then. Yeah, way before me. You yeah. probably weren't even born yet. Possibly. You know? Yeah, because it was probably 20 years ago at mm-hmm. least. But um, but yeah, so you you started kind of making a little business of, of uh, yeah, so finishing. You know, kind of fast forward, got into the motorcycles, got into building motorcycles, got into more of the creation and like fabrication and design. And this is high school? This is um, just going into high school. Wow. Um, so when you say fabrication. So kind of realizing like, I want this fender, or this tank or this frame, or I need this modification needed. So like, how am I gonna get it done besides paying somebody a bunch of money to get it done? Yeah. Um, and obviously me and the kid in, um, or sorry, uh, middle school and high school, I couldn't afford that. So that's my whole thing is to kind of like fund it and keep things yeah. moving. Um, so I went to this place. I didn't have all the money for all the tools and stuff. So I went to this place in Coast Mesa called Urban Workshop and um, bugged this guy for like months to let me join. But I was too young at the time. Finally let me join. And then that was like my after school thing like every day. That was like my... Like, like an internship? like No, no. It's no. just a place where you sign up and you could use all the tools and stuff. Oh. Urban Workshop. Urban Workshop. Is it still around? I think it's still around, yeah. Huh. That's so, a cool, super cool idea. You could yeah. pull in your car, you could change your oil, or you could like, you know. It's in Costa so, Mesa. It's in Costa Mesa. It's so on, it's right behind John Wayne Airport. Okay. Was it a membership or you, you just membership. had to sl- slot your times and see, you know, like when there's openings or? No, so it was a membership. Um, it's like hundred bucks a month. Yeah. And you could like secure like certain machines or things like that. But when I went, the place was just opening. Yeah. So it was like, it was like me and like three other dudes there. You know? Killer so brand new like equipment. Shop. Yeah. This place is huge too. Um, so all brand new equipment, you kind of got to use everything. Yeah. So, you know, so is it like a sign, sign your life away? Like exactly. hey, if I lose my fingers, I don't yeah. sue you. <laughs> yeah. is, is it like a, a machine shop? It's like everything. So they have like sewing there, uh, vacuum forming. They have, um, I think they actually have like a surfboard shaping class there too now. What? I don't know. I think last time I checked. Um, they do 3D software, so that's kind of what I got into some like the SolidWorks, which is like 3D design. Um, and how did you find out about this place? This is just like a random pass-through. So my dad's office was right down the street, and then um, every uh, every weekend we go clean his office. I was like, fun make some money. Yeah, we make a little money. Um, so we're driving one day, like Urban Workshop. What's this place? Let's stop by because right next door used to be a Crevier. Um, yeah, Beamer. BMW. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they used to have like a museum and stuff. So it was always cool to see the cars um, and just see motorcycles and different stuff they had there. So we stopped by there one day and just realized like, whoa, this is in our backyard. This is perfect. This is moped riding distance. I could, um, <laughs> you know, there's like restaurants right down the street and there's like a Wahoo's there I'd hit after every single day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like right down the street. I'd go through Wahoo's and uh, it was like the perfect place. So I was like, why not? So did a lot more stuff there and just kind of um, made things bigger and better I guess did they have like somebody going around like like helping or just kind of like instructors like, yeah so they had a couple instructors at the time it was more like it was almost private lessons in a sense yeah. because there wasn't a lot of people there so they would help with whatever and uh, you take like a little class too yeah. to make sure like you aren't gonna chop off your fingers or yeah. you're not gonna like zap yourself so are these people tripping on this junior high kid freaking kind of yeah yeah um at that time a lot of people were actually running like little small businesses out of there yeah it's like one guy he made uh custom motorcycle parts so he'd be at the cnc all day long and he'd be machining like little hubcaps or um, triple clamps or like little bits and pieces motor mounts so i would always kind of like look over there that was always like a cool thing to see yeah 
getting um, inspired by it. Getting inspired. And, um, yeah, and I just kept building, building, building. Yeah. And that was my biggest thing to, like, improve. Like, how can I make it better? How can I increase it? How can I make it cooler looking or get what I want? Yeah. Um, yeah. I hate entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I found it. I, I mean, that's just for what your interests are and what you're doing at such a young age and to find a place like that, that was just like a perfect opportunity crazy, to right? open up to all of that accessibility, the machines and the, you know, you have mentorship almost, you yeah. have like, you know, teachers. It's like, wow, what a perfect like opportunity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, it was cool just to have the ability to have like, you know, $500,000 of tools like at yeah. my fingers, at, you know, 14 years old. I was like, sweet. And you for know? you to stumble it, on on it you know yeah cleaning your dad's office on no it's meant to be you know and that was like the place i've been wanting to go to because you know my parents garage at a certain point gets so old you know yeah. and neighbors complaining you know me at like 10 at night grinding or welding you know got a lot of complaints we were definitely the number one hated neighbors you know <laughs> um turns out it's not a big uh it's not a cool thing to start your motorcycle at 10 at night and to ride down the street probably did not. not like that yeah, yeah. So what kind of motorcycles did you start getting into? Like um, Harleys or like... I get into Harleys, you know, I always had dirt bikes. So dirt bikes was always part of it. And um, and then I got into a lot of the Harleys. It was the cheapest, easiest thing to get after mopeds. Yeah. So got into a lot of the Harleys and realized like, I don't like this tank. Let me do something different. Like, oh, it'd be cool if we actually cut out a piece of the tank. And we, you know, like how they have those little butterfly uh, um, crystallized stuff. Like they pour the butterfly, oh, yeah, like yeah, a clear yeah. thing. So you put like a butterfly in there, put like other random stuff in there. You put um, like scorpions and stuff. Because um, my older brother at this time, he had a Harley too. So I was always fixing his stuff. And then I was fixing his friend's stuff. Um, and I was like, okay, well, let me get my own too, because this would be cool. So start doing stuff Harley? like that. Yeah. Okay. So I was like just turning around 15 at the time when I got like my first legal street bike. And I don't have my license or any of that stuff. And of course, my mom kind of flipped out because that was the biggest thing is like, don't ride a motorcycle, you know, something's going to happen. And, you know, it's not if, it's when. Yeah. Um, I tell my kids that. Yeah. No motorcycles, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. But yeah. um, when you're on it, you know, it's, it's a hell of a lot of fun. So <laughs> can't really complain. But um, yeah, so kind of just got into that and built bikes. And at that time, um, I was uh, bugging um, Roland. I walked into Roland Sands quite a few times yeah. to bug him for like a job, an internship, whatever. Like, let me sweep the floors, let me do whatever. And then, um, so how did you find out about Roland? Um, he was it was famous already. Yeah, he was getting there. Um, basically, the biggest thing that a lot of people grew up to was like West Coast Choppers, Orange County Choppers, um, Discovery um, yeah. Chopper Building Series. So yeah. we always watched that. Um, and then we always went to the races and uh, he was like a local one that I knew and, you know, I wasn't going to go to New York or any of that stuff. So it was, it was a close by one that I yeah. could ride. It was straight down um, a couple streets, maybe like a six mile ride from my house. And um, no I was able to go like straight there and take me, you know, an hour on my moped. But, you know, I'd make it. So um, finally let me get in there and uh, just kind of like worked through it and learned as much as I can. So I was working, you know. So it wasn't like a, a specific job opening. It just says, "Hey, no, just, just like come and we'll figure something out." And you could. You exactly. just cold called them. Just yeah. cold called them. Cold walked in. Yeah. Cold until. <laughs> um, so, so wait, you you rode your moped to oh, yeah. Golden Sands warehouse. Yeah. And and you go, hey, my name's Duran. 
Mm-hmm. I love building bikes. Yeah, I was like, I, w- I want to work here. Like, I want to. Did learn. you have like photos of like stuff? Show them like, here, this is what I'm doing. Like, check my. Yeah, it was like it was like the funniest stuff compared yeah. to like the pieces of art they build there. You oh, know? for it was, sure. Like, yeah, me kind of doing my whatever makes sense right here. Yeah, but um, yeah, and I think it's. I think what beats anything is not so much knowledge. I think it's more passion. People yeah. that want to learn and want to do better, um, to me, makes a huge difference. Yeah. Now, did did he? Did you get access to him right off the bat, or was it like his handlers? You know, yeah, a no, gatekeeper no. Or? It was. I was kind of like straight up to him right there. Um, really? Yeah. It was more. I mean, you know, Roland's a super cool guy. And, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So it was cool just to kind of say, hey, like. I talked to Roland. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it worked. And then worked there for a while and just worked through all the different stuff they made and design and just learned as much as I can. For me, it was like a total playground. So, you know? so was it your idea to like kind of, um, obviously there's a lot of different departments in bike building and did you start at one and progress to others or you just kind of like overshadow and put they put you where you, you were needed? So what was cool about Roland's spot is that it wasn't like this huge production line. It wasn't anything like that. Everything yeah. was still like very boutique and like very, you know, customized. So when I got there, there was four guys in there. And um, as far as like the shop. Yeah. And they'd all work together. So um, one of the guys ended up being like a really good mentor of mine as well. Um, and he did a lot Wait, of fabrication. How old were you? 16? No, I was 15 at the time. 15? Yeah. So that's my How sick is that? Like, you know, yeah. you, you had confidence and passion enough to like just the balls because he's on tv right he's already yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of big time in, yeah. the, in the motorcycle building world mm-hmm. right and yeah. you know instead of being intimidated you're like screw it i'm just gonna well and for me see. like i never really got like starstruck with it it was more like whoa this guy builds rad shit yeah like i want to do that how, how can i do that and there's only you know there's another better part to it than to well, be just part of it you yeah know? well i mean why wouldn't you? How fortunate you are to live close to somebody of that caliber, where you could live in you know a lot of places in America and not have that access. Yeah, you know. So this is the second thing that's like accessible by moped. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was a stretch. I'd um, on my way back, I had to stop at a gas station, so I'd carry like a little like um, you know metal bottle with oil in there because at this time you know two stroke mopeds. Yeah. So I'd have to mix gas at the gas station and kind of like eyeball it. Um, it worked though. Yeah. I made it work. And to me, it was, it was cool. You know, it was an hour ride home. I'd beat the traffic on the way home. So it was an hour each way. And so you're side, still, side streets the whole side way. Streets, yeah. Yeah. You're, on you're still going to yeah. school though, right? So at this time, I'm just in um, high school and I'm doing this after high school. So go to high school during the day. Yeah. And then um, this is after high school. Yeah. And this is kind of like the beginning of it. And then I make the transition through. And, um, you know, I, uh, I did eighth grade um, homeschool. Okay. And um, basically, I... Because you want to spend more time? I just want to spend more time at home. Like, yeah. I want to learn something different and just try different and things. And your parents were cool with that? Kind of, yeah. Kind of. So, so you know, <laughs> I had to kind of, like, bug a little bit. But um, for me, it's just, like, school is never my thing. Looking back at it, I see the importance of it in certain things yeah. that I, you know, wish I would have learned or yeah. things I would have done differently. Did, yeah. did your um, brothers get homeschooled? No, my brothers were always at school. Yeah. So both my brothers went to Huntington. Yeah. So I was the one that was a little different. Went to Edison, but um, I'm like all all my brothers. They're very very different. So my two oldest are just like very different things. Um, 
more office, more creative, and I'm kind of like the perfect mix, I guess. Yeah. So I guess I have that little creative building side to me, and then also, I guess, the little business side as well. Yeah. But ultimately, I just enjoy what I do. Yeah. And then I got to fund it somehow. So. And I mean, that's refreshing to hear, and we hear it all the time. We always preach it. It's like, you know, follow your passion, and, you know, opportunities and, and doors will open up, and, mm -hmm. you know, what makes you more happy? Like you're set, you know, hey, I, like this, I just wanted to do this because it's awesome, you know? Yeah. Like this yeah. is what I'm into. And your parents were, had to be tripping on what you were doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, your, your brother seemed to be normal, right? Like going through school, doing that, but you're totally different. Like, I was super different and, and my biggest thing was I was so passionate about it. So maybe that's what they saw. Yeah. And maybe that's why they kind of hands off. Cause when you see somebody so passionate about something and wanting to fill like, you know, either a problem or a need, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Cause that's a big decision. Yeah, yep. parents are like, like, dude, am I screwing this kid up for life or are we doing the best thing for him? Because I have kids. Yeah. And that's a that's a challenging position to be in, but you just gotta, you know, go with the flow, I guess, yeah. and, and support. Like, homeschooling is way more prevalent now, but back then, you know, it was pretty much not even a thing. No, he's, well for he's, the beach guys, yeah. for surfers, yeah. yeah. Uh, we we see it. But like for him, like yeah. for a guy that wants to be a to build motorcycles, yeah, like that's weird. Yeah, no, it, it was it was definitely weird and um, something super different. But uh, I think it was just the passion I had for it all. Yeah, and you know, my goal was to never become like you know the best bike builder, the best moped builder, the best this or whatever it was. It was just to create really cool stuff, and hopefully that ends up into being something. Yeah. either if it's building a product or whatever it is, because you're. How old are you in eighth grade? Like fifteen? You're like I think you're 14, just fourteen. Fourteen, yeah. yeah. Going, yeah. And, okay. and you know, if you're a parent and your kids going, hey, you know, I, I've decided I don't want to. Yeah, he's go not to a school. senior. He's an eighth. You know, like yeah. It's a big difference. In I'm. I've decided I don't want to go to school anymore because I want to follow my passion mm -hmm. of building cool stuff. Like, yeah. how crazy is that to take that leap of faith with your kid? But it, but I get it. It wasn't on a whim. It wasn't like just a, an epiphany, like, you know, in the middle of like, you know, I just woke up and went, he's been doing it for yeah. years already. And you've yeah. probably seen the, the progression and, you know. Well, and I think the biggest thing, like, you know, growing up, we always had so much different stuff. Yeah. Like our parents always put us in like every single sport, every single different thing that you could think of. So I guess you could say they're always, you know, into trying different things. Yeah. With, um, yeah. To see what sticks. And yeah. for me, this is what stuck. And I was very into it and very passionate about it for a long time. Yeah. So, Rolling Sands. So, Rolling Sands worked and there for a while. Was it an internship? Internship? It was like an internship. I was showing up, but honestly, yeah, I didn't paid. care. Did you, was that your first paid. paying job? So, it wasn't my first paying job. Um, although, I would do the swap meets on the weekend and to have like sell whatever parts, whatever they want. And that, that'd be like my moped gas money. Yeah. You know? Um, so wait, you, you would sell stuff at, at the swap meet? All their like, you know, old parts or takeoff parts, things like that. So I'd load up um, all their stuff and then meet them at the swap meet on Saturday and sell their stuff for them. But um, it was like, you know, old sales stuff, discount stuff. But, for Roland or for? Roland, yeah. Okay. So um, make a lot of money there and here and there. And then I do the moped stuff still and do motorcycle stuff and help friends, help my brother's friends. So I was like making money. Yeah. Never really had like a, you know, a tie to job. Yeah. But um, I was doing it on my own and 
still made money and still was able to enjoy, but I was just so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. So for me, it didn't matter. It was like, cool, I have enough money to eat this week and go uh, go get some gas. I'm good to go. That's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> so after eighth grade, you did homeschool and then you went to Edison for I a I went to Edison, uh, played water polo there, um, surfed with my friends from the surf team afterwards and just kind of did every single day and um, basically went there as well. So I'd leave school and sometimes I go surf, sometimes I go straight to Rollins, um, and then stay there till like six or seven at night. Um, that was kind of my like my go-to thing. Yeah. And um, basically just just learned as much as I could there. And then the end of tenth, you're like, I'm too busy. There's it was too much like I'd say it was about like the middle, wow. the middle of um, sophomore year. Is um, I was like, okay, well, when you're, what were your grades like? They were like all right, you know. It came down to more of like a competition on like you know how good can I cheat or how good can I fake this homework or whatever it is, yeah. you know? But, um, it we'll was, cut that part out. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, all right. And I just, um, I was always like the, in between, like the average, you know, yeah. never like excelled further, never really decreased. I was like, I was yeah. floating through, you, you know? Just, just staying under the radar. Exactly. Like, you know, um, so, and that was the thing is that, you know, if my grades got really bad, then yeah. I couldn't go to Rollins. I couldn't do my things I normally could do. I'd go to the garage and all of a sudden, you know, like my power tools be gone. I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, if you have bad grades, that's why. I'm like, yeah. okay. Um, so I was always just about there. And then uh, sophomore year, I was like, cool. Like, this is what I want to do. And this is like, this is my goal. And, and this did, is what you've seen. And did you have like... Did you figure out like, wow, there's good money to be made or it doesn't really matter to you at that time? You're just like... The money was there to be made. Um, for me, it was a matter of like enough to make a living, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but at that time too, bikes, you know, they would sell for 120000 150000 yeah. for a custom bike. So for me, I was like, wow, you know, like this could be really cool. How... It's, it's crazy that you had that ur- urban... What was that place called again? Urban Workshop. Yeah. And then... You, you somehow infiltrated Roland Sands, one of the most highly uh, sought out bike builders, like mm-hmm. making bikes for Brad Pitt and yeah. Mickey Rourke and all the, oh, yeah. Yeah. and selling them for, like you said, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And here you are, wet behind the ears kid, walked in and said, that looks cool. I want to work here. Yeah. And you get an internship. Like, that's pretty special <laughs> yeah i mean it took some it took some nagging for a while you yeah know, but yeah. i was eventually able to get in there um how many times did you go on your moped before you said okay let's give you a shot so the first couple times i didn't actually get to talk to Roland. um and then a couple times after that talked to them i'd say about maybe like four or five times <laughs> and then um how sick is that <laughs> Yeah. Persistence. Yeah. Yeah. So um just learned as much as I could there. Yeah. Um how long when, did you work there for? Three years? Or sorry, sorry, hold two years? Two years, okay. Yeah. Um and then from there I went in and basically uh went to Sturgis with them, built bikes with them, learned like production of parts, learned like manufacturing techniques, learned pricing learn how to kind of like sell people, learn a lot of these things. And some things that maybe I've developed like part of my career as far as like building mopeds and selling them to friends, but more fine tuned it. And I guess gain more of like a business aspect to it. Yeah. 
of like profit, you know, like mar- margin, to, like you know, yeah, how exactly. long time is going to make take this. You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of factors that go into like coming up with a price. And, yeah, yeah, and then um, Road to Sturgis, that was a pretty epic uh, ride too. So um, another thing convinced my parents, like, let me ride to Sturgis, let me ride to Sturgis. So on a ra- Harley, on a, uh, actually this time was on a uh, I had a KZ1000 police bike. So a police bike? It was a police bike I got from somebody, yeah. And it had like, I don't know, like a thousand miles on it. He had the police jacket on it. He had everything for it. Wow. And uh, like, the sound pulling me over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at this time, I'm like, I'm 15 and a half, 16 years old. Um, I have my motorcycle license, which you're not supposed to get to like 17. Um, somehow they the DMV randomly gave it to me. Maybe <laughs> cut that part out. <laughs> um, and Wait, so how'd you, how'd you get that? Who'd, who'd you talk to? No, who'd you kidding. pay off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somehow they just randomly gave it to me. So I don't know how. I was like, yeah. when I was doing my, in, or some sort of driver's license thing, they're like, yeah. oh, we can't do it unless you have this completely completed. I'm like, okay, perfect. So I don't have to take my motorcycle test or anything. Yeah. But um, yeah, did that, rode to Sturgis, had a ball, um, and then kind of learned a whole new you know, thing of, uh, I guess, different things and opportunities and parts of people. And just, it was a very life-changing experience for me to kind of go through that. And then um, I came back and realized I wanted to kind of like do something of my own. And I wanted to um, like kind of follow my own passions. Yeah. And Tell us about what, what the ride to Sturgis is. Like, and Sturgis is like a big motorcycle gathering, right? Yeah, so it's in South Dakota. I think on average that maybe they have like 300,000 people. Damn. Um, I know, I want to say in a few years before I went, it was like their 50th anniversary, which I want to say they had like 750,000 people. Yeah. So it's a group of basically a lot of people that have been in, they go every single year and they go to this place. It's a town that maybe has like a population of 80 people year round. It's a town. Yeah. Super tiny town. And then there's Just all these up. houses there that everybody in the town that lives there, they move out during um they just rent out their house yeah. and their property and people to camp on stuff like that so you, you know like houses we stayed at like they had family photos everywhere you know like people were like we're living there <laughs> yeah. a week ago they're like yeah a couple of weeks and then we're paid for the year like yeah. yeah and you rode out there south dakota with who so like, what kind of group i um there's two other people i rode out there um they it was a photographer and then somebody else and basically they were a part of rsd rolling sands um they did a lot of work with them so they're riding out they left like a few days ahead of time or sorry a few days ahead of time and um i met them in the grand canyon wow and then in three days we rode through um colorado up into um straight to dakota wow pretty much so I ran all the way a, through there and then um, that's a long haul on a bike it was that, a long haul the bike I had was like a total couch on wheels though yeah, yeah full OC had cruise control um, <laughs> had like a ferry I could put everything in there it was a sweet setup yeah yeah. That, um, those bikes look like they're you're, you're like 15 and a half yeah going with grown you know adults yeah. cross country yeah mm-hmm. yeah no it was uh it's pretty epic. Yeah, I could only imagine. Uh, and that was life changing for you. Yeah, it was just cool to see so much, you know, because we never really traveled to a lot of different states, but it was cool to see like all different stuff out there. Yeah. And kind of where you could be broad and you could be in the middle of nowhere and, um, you know, you could break down and you'd be out of luck. No yeah. service, none of that stuff. Um, and you could be stranded there for 
who knows how long. Yeah. But um, it was it was rad. So after Roland's deal, you're you're start you want to start your own game. Yeah. So you know, design like a bunch of parts and different stuff that I was starting to sell and get going. Selling and, at um, the flea market, swap meets, swap or meets online. And, you know, online. And at that time too, is I started to. That's the kind of like area that. I guess there's a big like online website craze where people are like build an online store, make millions, live you know in paradise, you know total thing. But me, um, I was like, wow, this is this is pretty rad. I mean, let me learn how to build an online store. I, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so I started that, and then I actually got hit on my motorcycle. I was going down, um, what was it, Newland or sorry, Bashard. I was going down Bashard, and right before Adams. Um, a girl was texting and driving, turned left in front of me, and I T-boned the car. Oh my god! And I was maybe going about like 60. Holy smokes. Yeah. I flew 150 feet. I um, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good, you know? Let me stand up and go right back home. And then I go to get up, and basically my leg was broken, it kind of collapsed, and then I like my bike literally blew up. Wow. Like total movie style, like blew yeah. up. Um, caught on fire and everything. Damn. You flew 150 feet. 150 feet. And you had your helmet on, of course. I had my helmet on. Not a single scratch on my helmet. What? What? Did, how did you land? Just no clue. And roll? So You're basically, when I was coming up to the part or to the car, I was going up, and um, last second I was like, "Oh shoot!" And then fully ejected myself and kind of flung. Yeah. But I flew really far and just in the air. Last thing I remember is just kind of like seeing purple, and then feeling like I'm on like on gravitron, the ride from like the fairs, you know, a little spaceship thing that turns around. Yeah. Can't move your arms or anything. You just fully spread and then hitting the ground it like it wasn't painful and I, you know the adrenaline kicked in everything yeah. so i didn't feel pain at all wow i'm tripping like trying to visualize i'm visualizing yeah. i'm seeing you like superman through the air and you're conscious the whole time until like you hit and you're yeah and that's the thing is i didn't know that cross like i didn't know if i passed out for a second or not yeah um it's hard to tell and but, you only broke a leg? No, I broke my leg. I had arrhythmia. <laughs> I had internal bleeding. Um, I broke a few toes. Um, I broke, I don't know, like five ribs or something. Um, but you tried I, to stand up. Oh, I tried to stand up. It was interesting thing. Like, your your adrenaline was pumping. And yeah, I was like, let me get up and get my ride me on my bike home. And <laughs> They're like, no, 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 no. You yeah. were freaking. Yeah. Well, that was the was thing. Was it a that, compound fracture or was it? Oh, no. It was, like, it was pretty much a clean snap. Um, I had basically I had pieces of my rib too that were kind of like hanging off, so I had to get those taken care of. What were you wearing? <laughs> Board shorts, um, Fuck shoes. <laughs> Fuck off. Short sleeve shirt. It was a summer, um, and then I had a three quarters helmet. What's that? So basically, like just like, like you know, a face right here, open, and uh, not like a full face, you know? Yeah. yeah. So if I was to, like land on my face, I would have been pretty screwed up. Yeah. I don't know how I did it. Do you remember like you putting your arms up or are you just like I just remember like full like spread eagle just like spread out. Couldn't like really wow, did your life dude. flash like before your eyes or you just you know, I gotta like, say that had been like one of the most calming like moments. It felt like it was like a 20, 30 second ordeal of I me mean, just like floating in the air. Just and it just I like almost, super calming like I almost imagine what you're what you went through because when you said you saw it and you went, uh oh, and you like, like you ejected yourself, yeah. like you knew when to take off when your motorcycle hit. Yeah, and that's the thing is that you know I guess you were wearing board shorts. Board shorts. Um, just were you wearing shoes? shoes? Just tennis shoes. Fuck. Just some like classic Vans. 
Three My shoe got... Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Dude. My uh, shoes got ripped off. My shorts were ripped. Um... Yeah, let's, yeah. This, this is this is so. Oh, bro. you didn't say anything. This is a uh, this bro. is like a perfect time to take us a, a, a little segue. Here we go. We'll we'll talk about sponsors. Yeah. A little reset good. with our Ashland Ashland hard seltzer watermelon. Yeah, okay. watermelon too. Proud sponsor of the late night with chocolate podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we we, you know, you're so stoked to come on the show. Yeah. Not just because we're rad dudes, <laughs> we're rad dudes. Because we gifts. have rad sponsors, that's yeah. why. These are tell them what tell them what he's won. <laughs> <laughs> what lemon here on the show you get? Yeah, you get Ashland Hard Seltzer. This Perfect. is the the Bellinger uh, brew, Cody which Bellinger. is amazing. And then you have Saint Archer. We're gonna test that one out in a little bit, and that's the cold IPA, it's really refreshing and tasty. Um, we got you a nice set of Otis. Sunglasses, Otis Eyewear. Perfect. Um, they do a great job of, you know, mineral-based uh, lenses and recycled um, acetate like frames. So they're really, you know, uh, supporting clean manufacturing. Shade sunscreen. When you go surf, you got to lock in the shade. You know. Thank Perfect. you, Strider. We got Bonsai. We got Bonsai Bowl. You love the yep. the bowl. Dude, live life in live the bowl. Live life in the bowl, bro. Right there, and then Caliente Southwest Grill for some. You know, amazing, uh, fresh, uh, healthy Mexican, healthy food. Mexican food. Yes. Yeah, so we're loaded. Caliente? I'm not, but it's, I'm really into food, so this is perfect. Yeah. That is like on 17th. Oh, okay. Um, right by Surfside Sports. Like yeah, Saint I know Complex. exactly where. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So good. Yeah. Bonsai Bowl. So There's good. one here on 5th Street. You know where they are. Yeah. One in Newport. Perfect. Sure, Mesa. too. Okay. Now that I got... Get that out of My mouth was getting dry just listening to like... Death fly, you know. He was wearing board shorts. Yeah, I know. And and a t-shirt. And, yeah. So how fucked up did you get? You like, know, as far as road rash goes, I wasn't, like, completely destroyed. Um, which is the surprising thing. You think I, like you know, you, I think I kind of, like, flew and then, like, rolled. landed and just, like, kind of sat there. You know, like, it more, like, gripped me on the asphalt. But um, I was, like, just crazy, like, wind knocked out of me. Just or, like what, what was your motorcycle? What were you riding? It was a 1998 Harley Sportster. I had 10 over forks, so 10 inches over stock forks, like total choppered out. Um, I created like this cool little king queen seat for it. I had this like custom air filter. And this bike I just finished maybe like two weeks before. Oh my gosh. I had like this cool custom air filter. I um, basically cut up all the side covers. I made all these side covers. I casted them. Um, I had these uh, handlebars I made from scratch as well. Um, shifters I made from scratch. Like all these parts that yeah. I was like making and designing that. So this girl was texting and she made a left-hand turn. Yeah. And you miraculously lived. Yeah. You, and that was the sh- biggest thing is everybody rolls up. They're like, how is this guy still alive? You know, like I felt like by the time I blinked up my eyes, there's maybe like, 40 cars like just surrounded us and like had to be like it felt like hundreds of people running towards me but um and it was kind of a weird thing because at that accident i knew so many people that were like by me like friends family family friends um they just happened to be driving, they just happened right to be there. driving yeah. and right there it was, it was like the craziest moment and um 
that was definitely one of those points in my life that I'm like, I survived this. Like, I could survive I have anything. to do something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so where was your leg broken? So it was broken right at my shin. I um I have like maybe like a eight inch. Let me see if I saw it on here. See that? But I have like an eight inch. Scar? Right, right. Are you right here? So it was a lot bigger, but yeah. Basically, this is all cut open, so this is all like loose skin right here. And um, yeah, just so gnarly. I was bleeding like all over. That was the biggest thing. I had a lot more cuts, yeah. not so much scrapes. But um, you know, my I broke my handlebars off, like ejecting my bike. And that's probably so, what you hit your ribs on. That's probably either I hit my ribs or my leg on. Mm. Um, but uh gosh yeah. man it's so crazy to think that 60 miles an hour i mean that's like death yeah, yeah. no 100% i should have been should have been and what, and what was um like your your recovery like a few months i would imagine like, yeah no it was maybe like 3 4 months um at the time we had a family friend that was doing a uh like cryotherapy yeah. um, place so I went there like three times a week. Yeah. And that helped like tremendously. That's crazy. Um, so I did that and, you know. And cryotherapy is like freezing. It's like freezing for a minute 30. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're out in the air, which is like hot air, you know, compared yeah. to what you're in. Yeah. Just super circulation. That's the biggest know? thing for swelling yeah. things like that was huge. Um, but, you know, for me, I've always been doing something. Like I can't sit still. Like, yeah. I have to do something and build something create something is that when you started doing your website so that's when i started doing my websites i was like okay well you know they said the second day was going to be bad and the third day got worse fourth day got worse um went back to the hospital a couple times and you know because you know i had arrhythmia too yeah and it's like when you're you get such a blunt force that um just like cpr when you kind of beat your heart you get such a blunt force that it actually basically throws your heartbeat off rhythm yeah, yeah yeah so um Good. Really yeah, good, really good, right? yeah. <laughs> um, Gluten free. There you go. Zero point zero carbs. Really? <laughs> no sugar. No sugar. No sugar, baby. Um, <laughs> so that was um, that was my point. I was like bedridden for a while. Yeah. And every day was just so brutal. You know, just yeah. like your whole entire body. Well, coming from you know, I mean, brutal for anybody, but you know, coming from a really active lifestyle you know on top of that is is always hard because that's everybody's worst fear is not being able to be mobile what you're 16 no this at this point i'm probably let's see 17 18 right around there um so i uh i want to create a website that was kind of where your time and energy into yeah exactly well i can't build anything yeah probably shouldn't use a welder probably shouldn't do any of these things you know like i should probably just focus what I can do now. Did your mom say you're never riding a motorcycle again? That was what she said like years before that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, she was she was pretty bummed out and you know. Um, and but, what about like, sorry to interrupt you, go but ahead. like Roland, like, you know, you're, you're, do they like, the oh, work guy like, whoa dude. Like, well, at this time I already left. So okay. I was already gone for a couple months and. Um, and what, what was the decision for leaving? I just wanted to produce, like, you know, produce my own stuff and kind of go on my own, you know, and just um, follow more like my passion, you know, and um, just be a little different. Yeah. So, you know, I learned a lot there and 
I could have learned a whole ton more, but um, I just want to kind of learn stuff on my own and produce different stuff, I guess. Um, so I was very fortunate and very thankful for what they offered me there and what they um, gave me the opportunity to do. Yeah. And uh, but I just were just you go- thinking of, of making more custom motorcycle parts or what were you thinking? Um, it was more custom motorcycle parts and kind of do my own different stuff. Um, and then I also wanted to create like a bike. That was my like kind of life goal is to create like a motorcycle. Yeah. Like, a, like your own, own custom. My own like actual motorcycle that could be like produced where you can go into a store and buy it. Wow. That's big come ambition. Up, that's big. That's big. Yeah. yeah. Make your own brand of motorcycles. That was like my goal. And that was like. Who is this kid? <laughs> I want my name in the dealerships. Yeah. Hey, for those of you that don't know, but he's named after Duran Duran, the band, right? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> that's pretty hilarious. Yeah. So there's the boxer. There's somebody else Roberto too. Duran. But yeah. Um, it's Duran Duran, the band. Yeah. So usually when people meet me, they start singing like her name is <laughs> or some one of those songs. So, um, so the website, what idea was to sell parts and I couldn't, you know, make the parts. So I was like, okay, well, me focus on selling them. Yeah. I created a website and, um, you know, kind of this whole thing and where I got between transporting bikes and doing all that stuff and what helped me go surfing and, and go ride motorcycles and not get my stuff stolen was having a van. Yeah. So, um, you know, back, I kind of miss this part, but back in Sturgis is I met this couple on the way out there that they were, they had a software company that specialized more in like hotel stuff and basically they sold it for, you know, a lot of money. And what they're doing with their two like young little kids is they're traveling. Yeah. So they had a van all built out. And of Mercedes? Course, um, it was like an older Mercedes. Nothing crazy, but it was more just like, it was functional, you know? Yeah. But it was cool to see like, whoa, like, this goes a lot further than my little, you know, janky little bed platform with my surfboard underneath and then some tie-down racks for my motorcycle on the left side of it. Because um, you were driving a, rent, a van? Yeah. All throughout kind of, um, you know, high school. And Once you got 16, you're like, okay, what can I get? And you got a van, so you what, what can I bike get, in put my bikes in, not yeah. worry about get stolen. I can yeah. go camping, snowboarding, go ride motorcycles, do yeah. whatever, and throw my surfboards in as it's, well. It's the best car to have yeah. for our lifestyle you know it's not so this couple so this couple they had a van I was like oh this is cool you know and that's kind of as far as I got with it yeah um, but, it, but it stuck but it stuck it stuck really good and I was like there's a, you know there's a possibility here to make it easier for people like me to like realize this yeah and you realize so you started researching every van company out there so yeah well, I was starting to do the parts as well and create a website for that and yeah. then I got to a certain point where I just kind of got off subject and started to do the van stuff and started to look into it and realized like well, I could design something on my computer because I could design everything on the computer and then when I'm ready to go, I can build it out, you know, mm. when I can actually start walking around and start using tools. So this, so the van conversion started happening on recovery. Of, on recovery. On recovery, yeah. Um, and more kind of designing, looking into it and realizing like, you know, my whole goal is like, okay, well, while I'm recovering, I'm going to go ahead and design a van on the computer and basically build it all out and design yeah. it how I want to. So when I'm, fully recovered, I can go ahead and build it and use yeah. it for all my, you know, places I go to and events I do, whatever it is. So again, it's going back to your passion of like, I just want to make my van the dopest I can make it. It wasn't like, I'm going to create a, a, no. a company that, that this, you know, like it was just kind of like, exactly. Start. And then come to realize like, wow, it's actually kind of hard to find parts for this stuff mm. um, versus motorcycles. You log in and you know, you write just on a couple keywords, you have 
50 different sites of parts. Because motorcycles have been around forever, and then there's a lot of people doing forever. This, this whole yeah. van craze is just kind of coming into its, its yeah. infant But stage. it's interesting because vans have been around for a long time, too. For sure. But it just hasn't been like a big aftermarket community. Yeah. yeah. So um, after going through it, my you know really goals and ambitions kind of changed really quick. Yeah. I was so like... This is five years ago, right? Yeah. Before really the van thing blew up. I mean... It's been percolating for a while, but not for the past, like, like right before COVID is when you started seeing everybody buying sprinters. More mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, yeah, like, what you're referring you to. You 216, right? Yeah. In 2016. And there are already, like, a, a handful of, like, people yeah. manufacturing, like, yeah. you know, aftermarket pieces, yeah. but they're really expensive and really far away or, you know, like, it was... Not the masses. Yeah. Mm. Not every surfer wanted. Yeah, I was starting that trend. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I saw somebody and I'm like, you know, but wow, that looks sick. The 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 crazy thing is you're 17 years old. You just come up walk you walked away from a a death. Like you should have died. Yeah. Right? And you're making a computer making your, your goal is to make a motorcycle a brand. Yeah. A motorcycle brand. Mm-hmm. And a then, brand and parts and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then you, in the back of your mind, go back and think about what you could drive to. And you remembered that couple that you met with the Mercedes Sprinter. And you're like, oh, you know, you're thinking that's not going to be a business, but you're just thinking that. Like, let me build out my van. Yeah. So when I go to these events, like, I look freaking rad in a Professional. van. With the, yeah, with the bikes and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, then come to realize, like, it's pretty hard to, like, actually build out your stuff. Like, there's no places where you just log in and yeah. go find parts. You know, like, nowadays for motorcycles, you have, like, Revzilla or you have different um, things yeah. online that you just go to and find, you know, you click your model of um, motorcycle and see a drop down of 20 different filter companies or 15 different exhaust companies. Very fine tuned. Yeah. So, um, so you saw the white space and the opportunity. I did. When you start researching for, for conversion stuff, Mm -hmm. but you got to go through the motions and DYI over here. You know, this Mm -hmm. guy's like, I, 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 it's one thing to design, but until you actually like physically build is when your mind goes into overdrive and you're starting to figure out like, the do's and don'ts or the kinks or the headaches and exactly everything else. And that's when I kind of just um, realized like, okay, well, you know, let me put this motorcycle stuff on hold. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be able to ride for a bit and nor do my parents want me to. Um, and nor do I, I'm sure a lot of people, but um, kind of put that on hold for a little bit. I was like, let me just give this kind of van thing a shot and let me design something that I like. Let me take stuff that I learned and really thought of in the motorcycle industry and put it into the van industry and see how it does. And, Maybe it could be a startup market, or maybe it could be a total fluke. But at least I'll have a wrap van drive around and yeah. use wherever I go. Um, and that's the thing I like about vans too: is that I'm able to go ride motorcycles in it, go surf, go skate, go snowboard, do whatever. It's not necessarily like it's only a van to do a van stuff. It really opens up the opportunity to yeah. a lot of different um, activities. Yeah. So um, create an online store, and that's yeah. where it kind of all started for people like you and I to just. You know, get a van and buy all the parts and accessories and really to go on there and find everything you need and purchase it. So that was the, the first thing, was like create 
accessories or create like kind of kits. kits like you know exactly so i'd package things together and create like bundles you know yeah at this time uh i was actually doing like a amazon drop shipping thing so you know i for work or for that for for, for, for this speed. yeah for um it was actually vanmart at the time so that's our online parts thing and then van speed was more of the builds and stuff that yeah. we later get into so your first website was vans mart no it's vanmart vanmart yep so Online retailer for for aftermarket exactly items. Do yourself parts, pieces, um, upgrades, items, things and like were that. Were you do, like were you looking at like what other people were offering? You're like, well, I'm gonna offer that stuff that's a little bit more generic, but then well, have, at the like, time there's really places. nobody else doing it. Yeah. So there's like no other people to compare to. So I was like, okay, well, if I'm gonna build my van, let me build my van like 20 times in 20 different configurations, and see what I could put into the van. And so that's what I did. Yeah. I just built out my van 20 different times to see like how many different setups and parts and pieces can I use and let me offer it to the public. Yeah. So we drop ship from Amazon and we'd go ahead and just sell it through there. And then it ended up being that people would show up at our doorstep and be like, hey, like, can I buy that fuse block or can I buy this vent fan or this solar system, whatever it is. And um, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, this is, uh, this is turning into a little more than I thought. Yeah, like so, in a good way. In a good way, but, but, but you weren't prepared. Yeah. yeah, you weren't ready for that like acceleration. Exactly. So when you say you you created Vansmart, mm-hmm. Vanmart, yeah, and started fabricating kits uh, that had to take money, did you did you take out a loan? So at this time, I was simply just like reselling other people's parts, but I would group stuff together. Mm. So I'd create like easier, like if you know you wanted like electrical system, I'd like grab the batteries the inverse the so, wire all so, that stuff you know so kind of like what you did with the moped or with the bikes exactly i grabbed the beach cruiser to, and i grabbed the engine and the yeah. throttles and all that stuff and group it together because it, it you know time is money and and you know for people to do research and not really know and if yeah. you already know you're like yeah here's the bundle you need well and that was the thing is that everything i've done is i've made that mistake is that I bought stuff and had to return it or lose out on it. Yeah. Especially yeah. When like in China, there's no sending back, you know? You yeah, like Lennon said, it. it's, a, it's you know, like you already gone through that whole yeah. mindset of exactly. what it takes and what the needs. and. So that was the whole goal with it is just bundle everything together. Yeah. So I know if I saw it, like I'd want to buy it as a package rather than like all the little bits and pieces and really put the time and effort into yeah. figuring yeah. out. So were you making stuff yet? or, or like... I wasn't making stuff yet. Okay. Um... And that was like my day and night. Like I loved it and I worked on it all the time. So um, you, you launched your website. Mm-hmm. How did you promote it? Uh, just the Instagram. And I, <laughs> that's all I promoted on. I had a website. Um, you just tag everything, van life. Or followed everything. Band, like followed follow people stuff, posted. But, um, you know, there's a handful of like van life, I guess, yeah. Instagrams out there. So when there's actually somebody creating a site that people can buy things, yeah. you know, it makes sense for them to post. So it became very attracted pretty quick. Yeah. As far as like a place and to And you go. didn't have this like marketing background of like no. how, how to market yourself Dad. on on. I Instagram. was working out a little bedroom, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that was, but that's uh, what, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you see all this feeds and you see stuff you like and the algorithm, like, oh, there's stuff I like, you yeah. know? And if you start liking enough stuff, then, you know, that's... It feeds you the feed, same. Yeah. Definitely. And I guess like my marketing background is basically... You know, going to work with my dad and, and going and growing up, 
yeah. in hearing what he has to say. That's kind of like my marketing education, I guess. That's my school <laughs> right there. Um, you owe your dad a lot then. Yeah. No, he uh, he's a great guy, and I've learned a ton from him, so I can uh, really give that up. But yeah. Um, yeah, and I just started going from there, and it was like a it was a snowball effect that has turned into a very very big snowball. Yeah. Um, the Van Mart. The Van Mart and Van Speed. So basically. So first it was Van Mart. First it was Van Mart. Then yeah. we started selling parts. Then we started importing stuff, knobs, things like that. Make it a little easier for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And um, was it instant like success? Like you saw a, a positive response right off the bat, or did it, like take months? People loved it, and it did take months because um, everything was sold to all smaller items. So it's not like you know you're making money from it. It was more like, oh, this is cool. Like the instant success was having a website. And then what about like stocking these items? Like, did you have to buy like in bulk and then start? So at the time it was all through Amazon. Mm. So whatever Amazon had, it was, you know, it was up to them. So things would sell out. And that's when I started bringing everything, you know, in house and started actually, okay, well I need a warehouse. So all these people are wanting to get stuff installed. Yeah. So we actually rented the back alleyway of my friend's motorcycle shop. So it was in the summer. So we the were day there for like, you, you... We were there for like four months. It was like the hottest summer. It was brutally hot, humid, sun was hot. Everything was just, it was terrible. Um, so, so we'd roll our tools out during the day. <laughs> and all these people that bought parts, they would want them installed as well. So we'd install them. And then it turned into like, you know, things just turned a lot bigger. And people all of a sudden wanted us to build out their entire van. Um... The back alleyway of a motorcycle shop wasn't the best place to drop off a bunch of expensive batteries and equipment. Yeah. So we decided to get like a shop and uh, we decided to start shipping Who's out we? items. Well, just me. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Me, myself. Let's get and that I. clear. <laughs> Let's get that clear, guys. Uh, uh, but you, did you have your, did you have friends like, hey, like I, I got a lot, all this work. I had a lot like, of friends that helped me. Like, hey, so, I, I could pay you, like, you know, like come come work with me. I had a lot of friends that helped me. I was super thankful for all those friends as well. Um, that kind of helped me throughout the whole, you know, growing of the operation and yeah. really bringing it to where it is. So I couldn't do it without any, you know, the help, definitely. Yeah. And then this getting this warehouse, is that like, do you have n- enough money through your yeah, business? Yeah, I mean, or? this warehouse is tiny. It was just to like literally house a van and then a couple tools. So eventually, where was it? Where was it? Costa Mesa? This, this was in Fountain Valley at the time. Okay. So it was right behind, or it was Fountain Valley, um, what was it? Ellis and Ward. So little oh, industrial yeah. district, the only yeah. place that would accept us. We had to say that we're just using it for storage. They wouldn't let us be in there because we yeah. were actually cutting wood and building stuff. You know? Yeah. Um, that girl ended up hating us. So she finally kicked us out because we turned into a lot bigger and just like the whole snowball effect we started doing more and more and more selling more and more and more yeah. we had pallets showing up we had racks showing up um, we had a ton of parts showing up and we had no place to store it besides outside wow so it's so crazy to like visualize and imagine like you said a snowball effect of, of demand and people showing up to you and saying hey I want you to I want to buy this from you I want you to install it, yeah. right? And then, like you said, you rented this small little thing that wasn't even, it wasn't even a, a place of business really. Yeah. It's more of a storage unit, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how many how many vans are parked? 
It, it was. We had vans parked on the street. We had vans parked <laughs> in the parking lot. We had stuff. Over, I had. I had stuff stored in my parents' garage, like parts. So it was like we had a storage unit at the end. You know, we had a storage unit down the street. It was a. Uh, it was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, how enterprising and industrious you are that all this is happening and you're you know you're figuring it out. Well, you don't want to turn around, around uh, away business, and you're just thinking right. of like, okay, how do I get through this batch or these vans, and then and then figure out next yeah. move, right? Like That's just, the thing, and you know, parts, and you know, okay, well, we can make this a little better if, if we accept a little more business. Maybe we could do a little better, you know. Yeah. Um, when you have the people there, and all our stuff was pretty much word of mouth. We had an Instagram, we posted stuff, posted like stuff on Pinterest, we had a website. Yeah, all of it was word of mouth. As soon as we got the first couple of customers, and they started telling their friends and friends. There's a certain point. Um, no, sorry to go ahead. Interject, but your first couple customers were they surfers or were they like just like motorcycle you know, guys or? That was the cool question, thing. Right? Um, of course it is. Yeah, that was a cool thing about that industry is that it was very very different. Yeah. yeah. So we had a lot, a lot of, of people needs. that surfed on the weekend. They also rode mountain bikes on the weekend, and maybe during the weekday it was their day to day driver. So we did have a lot of surfers. And I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of people surfed, um, but it's also also a multi-use vehicle. Yeah. So I think surfing, mountain biking, um, hiking, just camping. Um, which, which is again like we got it for those exact purposes, yeah. but but just talking with you know friends of my kids and other families, and we run through people, and it's a car for anybody and everybody. Yeah, that, you know, it's that's what's so appealing and why you know it's probably such a huge market success you know demand. and market and demand is yeah you know it's very universal like yeah custom it's so practical but you know people go overboard on what they want and you know it, which is great for you mm-hmm. and great for the industry yeah but it's just so crazy how dope yeah a sprinter van could look like yeah, yeah. you know with going back to your accident and i'm sure you like you said you 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 got hit by, or you T-boned a girl because she was texting, not paying attention. Like, you get some money out of that? You don't have to say money. Like, what dollars? Yeah, um, quite honestly, you know, my bills were insane. Yeah. <laughs> as far as medical bills. Like, you don't realize until you actually, like, you know, have to pay for it and you realize that, like, yeah. wow, to break a bone costs how much? Yeah. You know? Oh, no, um, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Ambulance, right? Ambulance fees. Um they had a transfer hospital, so it's like all those things, and you look at like a room every night, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Hotel. Yeah, like so I think, I think what I end up walking away with was like two grand. You're wow. kidding me. That's pretty much it at the end of the day. Wow. So, um, the biggest thing was the medical bills, and that was huge. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, it was like a nice, like, okay, but it was also like a year and a half, two years later yeah. that it came out. So, you know. That's crazy. Um, so how did you finance your, your business? So it was just all those mopeds and motorcycles and, you know, just things I just the year. Yeah. And just yeah. kept going. And did my your first, parents you're living at home. No. And that was the number one thing is that like, you know, everything I did is I wanted like the hard way. Like I wanted to learn the hard way and I wanted to learn it really what good. What an you idiot. Know? <laughs> I know. Looking back at it, I could have had it so easy. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, you know, again, in hindsight, we know a lot of people that started businesses and then it's like, oh, I'm trying to buy my partner or hey, I, I, my family breakup or, yeah. you know, like it's very. No, I think it's, I'm just kidding. Yeah. 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 He, he, for sure. But, I, you know, we, we've interviewed a lot of people and, and, and 
more often than not, they go your route. And if they don't, then there's a lot of other issues. Headaches to come with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's my biggest thing too, is that, I mean, it's not for everybody, but you know, like throughout my, you know, high school and, you know, middle school as well is like to get homeschooled and to not really go to school Yeah, was like, what are you doing? You know? Um, so for me, this is kind of like my proof of showing like this is what I'm doing, you yeah. know, and this is what I'm trying to build and this is yeah. what I'm trying to do. Um, which is admirable and, yeah. it's, and it's very like, like, you know, it's a great American story. It, man. it is for sure. <laughs> but, but you know, a lot, and, and this is what these, these stories from, from you and, and a lot of, you know, um, guests we've had on is, it's like the passion, the work ethic and just you know, taking risk and vision. Like there's so many variables of like, Oh, I went to, you know, uh, an Ivy league school and I'm not super smart. And there's, there's people like that and go on and start, you know, companies, but there's a lot in your same situation that just like, man, this is what I'm into. And this is a risk I took. And yeah, to work 80 hours a week for, you know, multiple weeks and one check went to buying new part, you know, like the snowball yeah. effect that you mentioned earlier is just like, you're just feeding what you're into, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, no, definitely. it's, uh, um, it's not really that risk when it, when you have that mindset, you know, you're just like, you I, don't think about it. I'm, I'm not looking to matter. making a million, two years. I, I, I want to be at a million. I'm going to make, you know, yeah. like, of course that's in the back of your mind because you're only, you know, you got, you got to look at that yeah, and yeah. You're, that's going to come into the picture, but you're just like, he's 21 years old. He was 17 years I, old crazy. when it's crazy. he came up with Vansmart and then it turned so yeah. when did it turn into van speed? So like it was very very shortly after that. You know when customers, <laughs> when of customers, course. Well, um, and that was the thing is that we yeah. want to create like okay like here's the do yourself stuff and then like my background is like okay well, I want to create something like really really nice. Yeah. yeah. Like something that's like a really. What was badass, the first install like, like like item that was okay? I think I could put this in almost every van. Was there a kind of a process of you like, know it was more of like it kind of started as like. Like, hey, like, I bought this part. Can you, like, help me? Just, eh, come over, you know, get, yeah. figure it out. And, like, that turned in. Like, okay, well, like, I want to do this, too. Can I buy this solar? Can I buy this? This, this. So, so that, that's then, what I was kind of trying to get at. Like, like I wasn't was trying to do it. I was just trying to build an online store. But was the item that everybody bought that they wanted? Like, a solar so or, it was like, like, a, like a bench fan. or a bed or, like, a light extra, you know. Yeah, I'd say it was, like, a vent fan. Vent fan, huge. Everybody get a vent fan. Yeah. Mine, mine's not working, by the way. I might have to hit you up. And there you go. <laughs> They go out, huh? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Time time. Um, vent fan, um, insulation, solar. Yeah. People like extra lighting. Yeah. Um, U.S. Uh, plugs. USBs out. Yeah, yeah USB. all the time. Yeah. So we kind of like four kids. They all want iPad neck hookup and plugs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that like was seriously. A lot of it. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. They want to plug in their Xbox and then have their TV there. Yeah. No, there's a lot of different options, but. Um, yeah, we just, you know, it, it's kind of funny to look back on it because it's really changed um, and it's really evolved really quickly. But um, going from installing parts and realizing like, okay, well, it would be cool if like I took all my parts and made like a really nice fan. Not like your typical RV, yeah. like a really nice fan. And took a lot of stuff from like, you know, Newport Harbors right here, Costa Mesa, like one of the biggest boat builders yeah. um, in the U.S. at one point. But to take a lot of the technology and stuff that they use. Yeah, because they have the to combine industry. space and, you know, how to utilize, maximize, like... Exactly. And also know. quality components, too. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, well, let me combine this stuff. Let me make, like, a super nice thing. And made a super nice van. So and a then, yacht on land. 
Kind of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Daniel, yeah, there Whoa. you go. That's, <laughs> hey, next, 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 next one. There you go. <laughs> Coining it. <laughs> um, yeah, so we just kind of went from there, and you know, it's it's just it's funny to look back on it as we're talking about it because yeah. it's like it's really moved, you know. Um, all this stuff happened very very quick, but moving to the builds, moving to selling more parts, moving to like shipping all our stuff out of house, and then actually making our stuff and importing a lot of our parts as well. Um, has just grown. So who, who is back? Who is helping you? Like you know your friends? It, like did you? Get- I would always just um, you know one thing is I always want to be. I always want to be financed by myself. Yeah. I never have. I never wanted to worry about like somebody else. Um, you know, not impressing them enough or not um, fulfilling what they needed back or whatever it is. I want to be like okay, well if I mess up, I want it to be on me. For not sure. Anybody else. Um, as far as people that were helping me, I had a lot of friends that helped me. Um, and they were into it they were into it and it was cool for them because it was like it was a place to see grow it wasn't just like you know okay it was a day job you know it was like it was something that was growing and it was very big and you know the amount of people we had just come to us from referrals and friends you know we got to a certain point where we had this this guy's neighborhood that was like the whole entire freaking neighborhood had a van no way (laughs) yeah it was in Costa Mesa and it was like maybe like 15 people in the neighborhood had a van yeah and they all went to us for all their stuff so it was funny to like see like housed, house, 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 and every single one had a van. So but, um, crazy. It was cool to see like that must helped. be Newport. Yeah, it was Costa Mesa. <laughs> it's close, but it was all sorts of vans. Yeah, no. So for sure. it wasn't just sprinters. It was people that like they just wanted like a bed in there. They wanted a couple little things. Um, so they could put anywhere from like five hundred bucks up to like five thousand. Yeah. So smaller stuff, you know. Um, and yeah, the van industry is a little expensive. Yeah, as you probably know, and you know, for price sure. get there. But, um, yeah, we just grew from there, moved spots, and uh, realized, like, oh, it kind of sucks to get all um, parts from other places, and it's a hassle. Yeah. So, like, why don't we make it? Like, I know how to make it. I know I could develop the process to do it. And it'd be, like, a cool little challenge. So, made the parts. And that was, like, the hugest headache of, like, all of, all and, of it. And, and where, where, where do you source out, like, part? Like, how do you, like, you design on, you know... You take something like, hey, this is what I want, but a minute you're, you tweak it, make it better, and you go find a, a supplier? Like, No, I mean, a lot of our stuff was all more simpler stuff. Um, we just designed on the computer, yeah. and then eventually, you know, we had full-time employees, and then we had people that had skills in that yeah. that were a lot better than me, and, you know, I couldn't do it without the people that helped me. For sure. Um, ultimately, is that, like, you know, I know how to design, I know how to do different things, but when it comes down to it, somebody does it every day, and they're passionate about it. Um, could be the biggest asset. In so, and, th- and that, sorry to interrupt, but you, because I know you're going to ask a question, but um, the, you know. You do that a lot. You do, you're doing the design, you're, you're doing this, but to be a business owner, you got to be able to like hire the right people, you know, you got to be able to delegate, you got to be able to like, you know, yeah. you, you can only do so much in a day, you know, mm-hmm. you know what you're good at, but that's, you know, there's so many businesses that like they don't grow because nobody wants to give up like power or or creativity or or you know divvying up the you know the pie of what needs to get done. Like you're seven, eighteen, nineteen, and you've got this van company, yeah. and you're already hiring people. Like, well, I hired somebody that knows you know. That's probably what a lot older than you too. Yeah, I'm, I'm still <laughs> to this day. Yeah, I hope so. Right? <laughs> I mean. Most, I mean, um, you're probably the youngest guy that works for your company. I'm still the youngest guy, <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's uh, it's cool. But I, I work with 
a lot of very talented people. Yeah. And um, it's cool to see yeah. what other people bring to the table and the talents they have and, you know, how ultimately everybody comes together to grow a company. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's got to be from, like, your days at, at you know, rolling, you know, like, and, and understanding, like, okay, he's... He's doing this. He's marketing. He's meeting and greeting and, and getting the business. But he's telling these guys what to do too. You know, like you got to have your hand in a lot of pots. Oh yeah, and I, I just saw, I saw all that stuff. I saw yeah. how everything worked there, and um, you know, to me it was like the most amazing thing because we had access to like, you know, we could rapid prototype something. We could also build a custom motorcycle. They could also sell stuff. Like it was yeah. so cool to see because his his yeah. site's very successful. Yeah, and you know? to me that was like my like. Blueprint my high school, you know. Yeah, I yeah. guess that was like my schooling right yeah, there. For yeah, for sure. You're like, so. dude, this guy's he's got a name, he's super creative, and he's got the demand, he's building bikes, he's got this website. Like, I mean, you're taking that blueprint and mm-hmm. doing it in the van world. Yeah. yeah. And um It's awesome. I loved it. And yeah. then I, you know, couldn't get enough of it and we just moved to different stuff and continued to build vans and do different things and then we're like, okay, well, we need to kind of separate um, a little before, but we separated Van Speed and Van Mart. So Van Mart's online stores and parts and accessories. Still around? Still around, and we still are pretty active on it, um, but to build stuff and to build people, you know, like on their own. If they're yeah. either in New York, whatever it is, um, we actually have like a full cabinet section coming out. So like people that want to like build cabinets, but don't have the tools, the saws, or the skill set to do so. Comes you can buy our cabinets. It's like Ikea, yeah. but better quality, and it's actually meant for a van. Yeah. So it fits better. Because, I mean, so obviously. So you have that still. We do. You still do Van Mart. Yep. Exactly. Because, you you know, you, you're a YouTube generation guy, mm-hmm. you know, like, in, and that's where you go. And you're like, I mean, if you go click in, like, hey, Vans, you know, and I want to put this in. And there's a million different versions of people doing it their own way. You're just, like, packaging that, like. Exactly. Yeah. Like. Because so. I, I am on those sites a lot. Yeah, I'm always checking stuff out. Because yeah. it's just like, yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated and interested on what people do. And every time somebody has a van that pulls up, I'm like, oh, what are you doing? And, and I get the same response. People are like, hey, what did you do inside? Mm-hmm. And it's a cool conversation because yeah. it's like... I'm, it, it's know. almost like a, a, a hobby lifestyle. It is. It is yeah. You know? yeah. Van, I mean, souping up your van... It's, it's the old hot rod age it's of like... kind of like but, that. But a little niche you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no. so Vans Mart, Van Speed, why did you name it Van Speed? Van Speed um was more of like you know, it's kind of like a random thing that we kinda of decided to do, which was um basically just like it was a very like, you know, we need a name for it and what are we gonna speed create? Speed is cool. So speed fast, we're gonna create something that was like more yeah. edgy, more like sharp edge, not so much like you think of R V kind of thing like slow, sluggish. Yeah. So you know, kind of like that speed kind of comes from like the car, motorcycle culture. So like, okay, Van Speed. see it for sure. And then, you know, Van Mart was something that was just like random too. Ultimately, like to me, it was like the name, okay, done. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to like, I just want to create cool stuff. And that's yeah. what we did. Um, created our parts, created what other people just focus. Like, you know, a lot of people just focus on one little thing. We just kind of focus on everything. Yeah. And we just. One stop shop. Exactly. That that was like our motto for the one, you know, for a long time too. It's just like the one-stop shop. You can come here, get a rack, get whatever you want. You can buy parts. You can outfit them. You can have us build them. Like we just want to cater to everybody. Yeah. Because so, I had I had friends that had vans, so I want to be able to like, you know, cater to them and have little parts and accessories, but also cater to somebody that doesn't want a fifty foot RV. They want you know yeah. a van to go around. 
Yeah, we've I've had some friends, and this is like again going back to what you you said, Lyndon. Like it really exploded the last couple of years and got mainstream, and you know a little bit more prefab and bringing the cost down a little bit because you know you're you're turning more versus just the one offs. You know the one you know, and uh, I mean I I I've seen a few friends or or people's vans, and I'm like, wait, how much did you spend? Like, oh, what? You know, like it it can definitely run away from me. You know, and the cool thing is is you know, you could, you know, really customize, I mean, anything. Yeah. Like what your van out there that we just did a little, you know, quick, you know, look through. I was like, wow. Dude, without that even thing like is really fucking sick. Without even really diving he, into all the details and all the hidden compartments and stuff, I just looked at him like, this is, this is A plus right here. Like, <laughs> I mean, outside, inside, it looks really yeah. dialed. So, Anybody listening, I think they need to like, I mean, do their research and, you know, definitely check out van speed because it's freaking legit. It's mm-hmm. legit. Yeah. yeah. So. That's your promo right there. Uh, We're going to keep dropping that our, all day. <laughs> I actually, it's so, it's such a weird, funny, small world. So this guy, uh, Martin, Martin Nejo, anyways, he owns North Menswear mm-hmm. in San Clemente and Laguna Beach. And we were talking about spinners. He knew that I wanted to get one. And he's like, oh, yeah, my, my friend's kid uh, has a, a sprinter van conversion uh, business. And I go, really? He goes, yeah, you should check it out. You know, they're in Huntington. And, and I was like, no way. And I, you know, started following you. And I'm like, wow, that's fucking insane. Way out of my price lead, but that's fucking yeah. cool, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and then... Uh, I was getting a van and then I hit up my buddy that works for Raceline and he goes yeah he goes um he goes you should check out my uh this kid Duran he's got van speed and he's having like a uh, open house mm-hmm. and I was like wow you're the second person that told me about this place so you know my friend Dave Bonaventura yeah. we went there two Saturdays ago yeah. and walked your place of business and we were just like this little fucker is 21 years old and look at this empire he's built Mm -hmm. and you did it by yourself and it's it's so crazy how you know i mean when you say 21 years old like you you haven't lived yet you know what i mean (laughs) you're like barely at drinking age but here you are you know Five years into it, yeah, yeah, and and you're killing it. I mean, you you picked a category that was about to blow up, and you know, and it is, and Definitely. you're, and it's. I mean, it's, since COVID, it's gotten huge. Yeah, um, and you know, just going back to everything we said is like it's like the perfect vehicle. Yeah, for everything. Yeah, the silver lining in the pandemic is outdoors, action sports. You know, all those markets have blown up and van conversion has, you know, uh, prospered because of it. So it's crazy how you, you know, five years ago, like like we were saying earlier, yeah, there's Sprinter vans, you know, around and and definitely uh, getting more popular. But like the, the past three years is when I think I've seen the explosion of it right like, yeah and 
dude, uh, that's why I kind of wanted to get you on the show and talk about, you know, I've, it's pretty impressive that you're only 21 years old and, you know, finding out that you work for Roland Sands, who we had on the show too. And dude, and then listening to your story of getting hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. 60 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, it's pretty nuts. Brutal. Yeah. I mean, we, this is an awesome story for yeah. sure. And, uh, we're super stoked that, you know, for you and what, I mean, this is, we're going to give you some business. For sure. I'm just throwing it out there right now. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. Like we, we have I mean, a lot of friends. Our and, show is, is, you know, a core surf show. Yeah. And there's way more surfers, you know, trying to get into sprinter vans than, and, that already probably have them yeah. and, and yeah. want to start, you know, so fixing them up. So sprinter is a, is a, a model and a brand through Mercedes, but there, you know, there's, there's also, you know, Ford and Dodge that are in the marketplace and, and those are getting really popular too, yeah. you know, as far as you like work on those too, we I work yet. on them. Um, and that was our goal is like, there's so different types of vans and years yeah. and things like that. So we got to a certain point where it's like to do from something from scratch is like mm-hmm. a big pain. Yeah. So we're like, okay, well let's focus on these couple vans that we do Yeah. and let's, you know, grow more of the online side for parts and pieces for somebody that has either, you know, if yours is a 2002 to 2010, whatever it is. Yeah. But this is kind of like a universal thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's why the online stuff always did pretty good. And then, you know, our builds were like, this is what we create and this is what we do really, really well. So you don't have to tell us numbers, but what is bigger in business? Um, you know, it, it just kind of depends. Um, Cause really COVID propelled a lot of things. Um, what we through, do through van speed is, you know, the builds, and then we also produce all the exterior parts and pieces. Um, so ultimately is that there's a lot more stuff in Vanmark because we have so, so many different types of parts and pieces. Yeah. But the stuff in van speed is more higher ticket items, yeah. but it's a lot slower. You know, each build takes two to three months. Yeah. So it's definitely a big deal. But, um, you know, they're, they're, I'd say as far as a business has grown, it's been um, definitely van speed. Yeah. That's so. so amazing. And how long have you been in that new, is that a new spot for you? Yeah, so that, that new spot, we moved from Coast Mesa. Um, we had a couple in Coast Mesa. We got like our own laser cutter. We started making everything in house. Realized we're maybe undersized by like 5,000 square feet. Yeah. So we just moved into this new spot in um, Westminster, Hindu Beach, right next to Hindu Beach, Charlie Davidson. Um, we're off the 405, and that one is just around 25,000 square feet. And been there for about six or seven months. Nice. So pretty new. Pretty new to that yeah. spot. But um, Dave and I went there. I was yeah. blown away. Like, yeah. There, it's so rad. To, you get to such. I already have a Sprinter, but I yeah. just have Sprinter Envy. Oh no! And that's the thing is, you just want to get the new and the new and upgrade and stuff. And and that's the beauty of evolution, I guess, and and seeing what's possible and as things get better and better. But yeah. so there's companies out there that just kind of do exterior stuff hey bumpers your roof rack your ladder your you know um so you guys are producing all of that like you're making a lot of that exactly we sell a lot of stuff to some of those companies that just install it but we install it we build it yeah we manufacture all our parts um we sell globally Mm -hmm. um so we ship a lot of stuff to europe as well and south america as well um so kind of do it all and that's kind of where the one-stop van shop really comes from is that we try to do as much as we can to make it easy for customers because ultimately that was my problem when i come back to it is that 
I didn't know where to get these parts and pieces and how to get it done. Yeah. So like, let me just create something that gives me that possibility. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy man. Yeah. And then what? Such a I mean, amazing what's, story. What's the ratio? And I, I and again, you know, no numbers. I'm just curious on like, you know. I think everybody likes to have that cool bumper and that roof rack because it's universal to, you know, like for travel and storage and yeah. stuff versus like going to that next step of like doing the build out inside. Like, are you selling a lot of just roof racks and ladders and bumpers or is it um, some? I'd say there's more people that definitely outfit their exterior than their interior yeah. first. Um, you know, it's tricky because we have a lot of stuff we ship out too, so I don't know where that's going to. I don't yeah. know if that's somebody that already has a build out or is looking to install their vehicle. But a lot of people, they want their vehicle to look good on the For exterior sure. first before yeah. they get into the interior because the interior gets pricey. Batteries, yeah. you know, water tanks, pumps, all that stuff. Yeah. And then are you, 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 you have a Sprinter 21 out there, right? Yeah. So that's our, one of our new demo vehicles we just finished. And then uh, do you have a, a uh, I mean, you got a, be able to order they take a long time if you want to order yeah and so that's another side of the business that gets really expensive is like you got to pre-order you know vans you got to pre-order them um now we do like we work a lot with the mercedes dealerships so we're able to have the in kind of everywhere yeah um but you know everything last two years has been shortage supply yeah demand this all that you know so it's been tough to get anything really but yeah um thankfully we manufacture a lot of our stuff so at least our parts are good yeah but just getting can't build anything without the band so yeah and so i know we know there's a shortage and we keep hearing it from everybody and yeah. we got a sponsor um lake elsinore uh chrysler dodge jeep and ram that's it yeah so anybody looking for a car you know used um, or new they're the go-to surfer inland go-to yeah um but yeah i mean we see a lot of we see a lot of you know vans out there and you're gonna have you're gonna be busy for a long time <laughs> yeah it's good well we didn't talk about surfing that much but that's cool yeah no <laughs> well, we, well we talked about you went to cabo in uh, august and you know do you have another surf trip planned um you know i i went to um another cool one's pretty fun is waco yep in texas nice a little close one yeah. um that's a good one been there a couple times super fun want to go back there probably in the winter Heard it gets pretty cold yeah every time i've been it's been the summer so it's been like you know hot five degrees yeah the water's like 100 degrees yeah um, larson's been there twice yeah. yeah i haven't been there yet that's that's pretty fun um very tiring you're constantly yeah. paddling but um I'd say what you get out of hours like equivalent to like a three four hour session. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But um, yeah, I don't know there, and um, I want to do a trip down to Mexico with a group of buddies. You guys want to go? <laughs> Let's do there it. I love it. Like drive down, drive That's down like a couple little... of vans. Yeah, go camp out some some different beaches and go hit some uh, good points. Yeah. yeah, there's so many good places down there. Yeah, and it's uncrowded. Yeah, for the most part, depending. Dude. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your stories, man such a amazing entrepreneurial you know story it's uh it's inspiring for sure yeah. and, and it gives i'm gonna have my wife listen to this because i'm gonna be like see our kids don't have to go to <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> no uh yeah of course you want you know schools obviously mm-hmm. is is great and i mean you're you're a unique story that not it's not fit for you know everybody to go down the same path but it does open up eyes and, and ears to you know what's possible. Yeah, you know? the American dream. American you are, dream. you know, you are an you know product of an American you know dream for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. 
Well, thanks for sitting down with us, yeah. Duran. Yeah. yeah. Duran. Do rag. Oh yeah, we didn't even get the nickname. Uh, uh, real quick, tell us about do rag. So do rag was something um, back in high school. So for the first couple of years, I uh, I wore do rag for my yearbook picture. <laughs> and they let that fly. just total random thing. I think it was a do rag and a gold chain. Just like totally random, you know, yeah. just something different. And, and for uh, our kind of fly, a do rag is like a weird thing you put in your hair. Yeah, like hood rats wear. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little, like, I don't know, like, kind of bandana head yeah. thing, you know, but uh, just something random. Um, yeah, and I kind of got, like, Durag, Duran, kind of sounded similar, so that worked funny. out. And then, um, yeah, Duran Duran, just from people knowing the band, so. Yeah. Awesome. And your dad named you after that. Yeah, that was their, uh, the first date, so. <laughs> what was, uh, what's your brother's names? So, um. The oldest is Hunter, and then the middle is Dylan, and I'm the youngest. Hunter, Dylan, Duran. Yep. Yeah. Good names. So. Boys. Yeah. Good Boy names. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, I appreciate it. Awesome to be here. Thank you. If anybody wants to have the best-looking Mercedes Sprinter van, you got to hit up Duran Duran Morley at vanspeedshop.com. Yep. Vanspeedshop.com. Thanks. Peace. Peace. Bonsai Bulls. Hands down the best bulls, period. Seven locations. Two in Hawaii, five in Southern California. Bonsai Bulls. Go get some. Caliente Southwest Grill. Clean, healthy Mexican food. Everything is made fresh daily using produce from local farms. Their salsa, their dressing, and even their marinades are made from fresh produce in-house, so almost all of the menu is naturally gluten-free and extremely clean. Family owned, showing local love for 22 years. Check out their website, calientesouthwest.com, for all your party pack and catering needs. You could also call them at 949-515-0909, calientesouthwest.com. Ashland Hard Seltzer, made from all natural ingredients. No sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free. Great taste and guilt-free good times. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Shade Sunscreen. The best sunscreen for all surfers. Shade Sunscreen. It's been around since the sun. Shade, Shade. Sunscreen. <laughs> Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Fuax is the best, ickiest, stickiest wax in the game. Foo Wax. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.